Welcome to Betamax Rewind, the only podcast with more non sequiturs per hour than Family Guy. Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! Oh yeah! Here are two guys that, especially after last week, are not my density Matt and Doug. I thought for sure that would get a laugh out of you, Doug. <laughs> I don't see. I don't laugh and talk or make noise during sound clips. I, I kind of let them just speak for themselves. Whereas you over there in the uh, the um, what's what's the word I'm looking for? The sound booth, master control. No. Oh shit. Anyways, it's me, Doug. I have a brain fart again. But uh, something cool happened this week that I was very excited about. Matt was not that enthused. Uh, and I was a little disappointed. He kind of hurt my feelings. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I listened to this midday radio station. It's a sports talk, 97.3 The Game in Milwaukee. And there's three guys, Ted, Dario, and Armin, that uh, they make my day. The, there's a younger guy, a middle-aged guy, and then an older guy. And the bickering and the joking um, just makes the time go by. So I'm a frequent contributor. I call in a lot, uh, give my uh, um, uh, take on things. They have a segment called Dad Jokes. I call in every week and give a, a, a cheesy dad joke. But last week, they do this segment called What's That Sound? And one of the guys was like, oh, God, I just, I really hate our theme song for that. And so after a couple of bourbons, the wheels started spinning, and this is what happened. We have something very right, special. We have a new song that new was intro. Uh, produced by who in Doug West Bend? from West Bend. And right. you can catch his podcast, uh, Betamax Rewind with Matt and Doug. Uh, he's one of our loyal listeners, and this is how we treat our listeners. He wanted to do something fun. He wanted to be part of the show. Why not? You want to be part of our show. You want to be a staple on the crossover? You can do it. Here we go. All right, here it is. So All right, better. there's our new open. Yes. <laughs> I love Thank it. You, Doug. And Doug made one for dad jokes. He did, which we're not going to play yet, obviously. All right, so to give some context to that, the names of the guys are Ted, Armin, and Dario. So, you know, Dario comes up with the sound from his house. It's a household sound. And then people call in, and you can wear, win Palermo's pizzas. So Ted and Armin want to know Dario's handing out Palermo's pizzas. If you listen to the show, you would understand it. Um, but then after a couple more bourbons, another night, I decided, oh, you know what? Just for shits and giggles, I'll do a theme song for their dad jokes and just kind of leave it out there and see what happens. And this is what happened. Jokes. Oh, I'm so excited. Let's hit this thing. We've got some dad jokes. Hey, gonna hear them for the very first time. we got some dad That's catchy. That's Doug and West Bend. Doug and West Bend again. This one's an earworm for sure. For sure. We hope they are sublime. All right. I'll start with one. So I I see that you're you're lifting material from our podcast. And 
and moving it over to things with larger listenerships. Yeah, but you know what? It, it's so I had communication with the guy Dario, who is he's like the frontline reporter for FS1, Fox Sports One, and he does all the Bucks games and all the Brewer games, um, and then this show also. And as I was going back and forth, I was like, hey, you know, I don't know if this would be Dingleberry-ish or not to ask, but if you could plug our podcast, that would be great. And he never responded to me, so to hear him plug our podcast, I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, that is pretty cool. And I got a text from Doug saying, hey, do you have the ability to listen to this station 97... Three, the game. Three, uh, at one o'clock, my time, and I... I would have, except I, I got hung up in a meeting, so I couldn't. I actually had it the the thing queued up, and he said, "Well, they're going to plug our podcast." And I was kind of curious as to what that was about. And then Doug said, "Well, there will be a sound clip later that I'll send you." And he sent me the sound clip, and I listened to like the first 10, 15 seconds of it. I heard the plug, and then d- 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 <laughs> Doug sends me a text and says, "Hey, did you did you listen to?" It? I'm like, "Yeah." And he's like, did you listen to the whole thing? And then, no, I didn't. <laughs> and I said, what, you, you were so busy you couldn't listen to the additional 23 seconds, you dick. <laughs> I was on my way out the door. And he, he sends me a text back saying, I'm so disappointed in my podcast partner. And I said, yeah, I know the feeling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not only do we throw each other on the bus on the podcast, we do it in real life as well. So I didn't get a chance to introduce myself. Uh, hi, it's, it's, it's Matt, because Doug, yeah. just, he was so excited. He's sitting there panting like a dog, just <laughs> yeah, so excited I, to get his thing in. I hijacked the first 10 minutes. I just thought it was kind of cool. I mean, no, and you have absolutely. To keep a, you have to keep in mind that this is the number one midday show in the market. So there's a lot of people that listen to this. And I'll be perfectly honest with you. Had I not been doing this podcast for the last five months, there's no freaking way that I would have done something like that. Yeah, well, I mean, that, that's cool. And, you know, we have seen a pretty significant jump in our listenership in the last day and a half. So, I mean, it has, you know, bumped us up a little bit. I, is that one of your lies? <laughs> Liar! <laughs> I actually have been watching to see if it jumped up because we are just an RCH shy of a thousand total listens. A thousand? Wow. It's a, we should have a party and a cake. Well, that's what this episode really is. But... You know, I don't know if you could tell in the open, but Jen was just holding back laughter as she was reading that. And, you know, we never get it on the first take because she doesn't understand the, the context around what I'm, what the open is, especially if it's from Doug. Sometimes from it's, when it's from me, she'll understand it and sometimes she won't. But I actually, for the first time ever, and I probably won't do this again, I wanted to play something from when we were actually recording the open. Welcome to Betamax Rewind, the only podcast... Welcome to Beta Max Rewind. The <laughs> Just delete it all. I can't. Can you stop and delete? Scope. Okay. I want to say destiny. Yeah. You're not supposed destiny. to. Destiny. Okay, I'll do one more time. Then you pick. Welcome to Beta Max Rewind. <laughs> and honestly, the only reason I pulled that clip is because I wanted a chance to be able to play this. Jen! <laughs> Fucked up. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Is it, a little, is it time to do a little housekeeping? Ah, uh, sure. And now, it's time for podcast housekeeping. 
you always seem so disappointed when we jump from segment to segment. I mean, I can keep you here all night, Matt, if you like. If you no, can. I'm just trying to make sure I'm getting the, the transitions right and that I'm not missing anything. Because sometimes you, you take the time to pull certain clips for certain parts and then you forget them. And it just becomes a little disjointed when we go back to them afterwards. Okay. All right. So, would you like to go first or shall I go first? I'll go first and we can just kind of ping pong, ping pong back and forth. I said that Gene Hackman's last film was Enemy of the State, which is from 1998. His last actual film was 2004's Welcome to Mooseport. So he has been retired for 16 plus years. Okay. So retired as a young man because, yeah, he's in his 90s now. So, uh, And that was with Ray Romano, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, I didn't see that one. Neither did I. Um, we talked a little bit about Mormons and Jehovah's. Uh, we got them mixed up a little bit, so I just wanted to add a little clarification to that. So the Mormons, uh, I don't, and I'm not going to go in too much because the Wikipedia page went on and on and on. So I just pulled some highlights, but they believe that God was once a man, and Christians do as well. But they believe that He was a man that then became a God. Uh, they believe in polytheism, which is there are multiple gods, but their God is the one true God. Humans can become gods. Uh, and Jesus, and we talked about that humans can become gods by deciding you know, there's three kingdoms based on your level of faithfulness. And if you are the utmost faithful, then you become a god and you have your own planet and you make spirit babies. And Jesus was the first spirit baby. Uh, the Jehovah's, they do not believe in the Holy Trinity. Jesus was pure human, not God. Jesus was resurrected spiritually, so Christians believe that his whole body went straight to heaven. They only believe that his spirit did. Uh, the second coming actually happened in 1914. Salvation requires faith in Christ. There are two redeemed people. 144,000 will be in heaven. The other sheep will live on paradise, uh, a paradise earth. And uh, basically, hell is not a place. It's just, it's a concept where... The wicked are snuffed out of existence forever. So poof, you're gone, which is a lot of people, that's what they think happens when you die. Poof, you're gone. There is a billboard about 45 minutes south of Columbus on Highway 23 that the whole billboard says hell is real. And then it has like pictures of hellfire and stuff like that. And for some reason, and it's probably just because of who I am, that cracks me up to no end every time I drive past it. Does it? Yeah. All right. So uh, moving on, I have three ER things, so I'll go through all three of those. Uh, Paul McCrane played Dr. Romano on ER. He was the one who first lost his arm to a helicopter, then was actually killed by a helicopter, and also was the guy who was killed by Toxic Sludge in the first RoboCop movie. I'll buy that for a dollar. (laughs) That's not the same guy. (laughs) No, it's not. (laughs) But I also had talked about Omar Epps, who uh, took over Wesley Snipes' role of Willie Mays Hayes in the second major league film, and how he had a very interesting exit on the show ER. What is this? Man versus moving ill train. Suicide? One guy said he jumped, another guy said he tripped. Just lost the pulse. Put old Nego on a rapid infuser, set up a central line. Somebody page Gant, he's supposed to be covering the ER this morning. I'll do it. Carter, how are his eyes? Uh, he's lost one, and the other one is swollen shut. Great matter in the hair. Increase breast sounds on the right. I'll put it in chest too. I'll do it. No, I'll do it. It's a surgical procedure. 32 French. Who's beeper? It's coming from the patient. 10 blade. Lydia, what number did you page Gant to? This room, 3376. That's the number in his pager. Oh, snap. Oh, my God. What? The patient. 
just can't. Dennis? Oh, sweet Jesus. It is a really, really cool scene. And it is a thing where, and you could tell just the way that the doctors and nurses and everything are talking about the patient before they know who it is. They are so disconnected from the patient as a human. And I think that in the medical profession, that's probably something you have to be. But they're kind of just very calmly talking about man versus L-train. And was it a suicide? Was did he, did he trip? There's absolutely no emotion. In it. It's very just flat. And it was a similar way when I worked for Fox, when we did the news, it was all gallows humor. And I think that's just a, a coping mechanism you have to have in order to deal with like the trauma you see on a daily basis. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there were many instances when I was a firefighter and an EMT and, um, you know, where I've said it before, usually when we rolled up on a scene, that person that we were going to help was experiencing the worst day of their life. And you had to joke about it. And it was okay to joke about it. And it was okay to get back to the station and laugh. And um, I, there's really only one situation, and I'm not going to get into the details, that still sticks with me to this day. Uh, it was a really, really effed up situation. Um, but, uh, I'll, you know, I'll tell you about it off air. If you okay. really want if you really want me to tell you on air, then send an email or a text. But um, it's that's that was the one... When I was there on scene, and even to this day, and that was 16 or 17, 17 or 18 years ago, that it still kind of haunts me a little bit. Yeah, I actually, when I worked for Fox, I, I watched all of the OJ trial coverage because that was actually part of my job at the time. And we had the unedited feed from like the courtroom cameras. So we saw like the evidence photos and stuff. And wow, was it brutal. Yeah. But, you know... Well, also, a ton of great OJ jokes came out of that control room at that time. Sure. Well, I, there was a documentary, the OJ documentary that it was on ESPN last year, I think. Mm -hmm. It was a three or four part series. And that, I think they, that was the first time that I saw a lot of those pictures. And I mean, her head was almost off. Yeah. One thing that they almost never talk about when they talk about the OJ trial is they initially didn't think so, but they later discovered that the body had actually been moved after, actually both bodies had been moved after they were killed. Okay. Yeah, they were moved um, 10 yards on three carries. <laughs> nice. The last nice. ER thing I have is okay. Kelly Martin was the actress from Life Goes On and also died on ER. Okay. Uh, the, the chick from Belvedere, Mr. Belvedere, that you said was... Just hot enough that you could attain her. Her name was Tracy Wells. She really wasn't in much else. In fact, her mom, uh, the gal who played the mom on uh, Mr. Belvedere, Eileen Graff, way hotter. Yeah, and actually, I went back and I researched this a little bit as well. And I was actually thinking of the daughter from Elf, not the daughter from Mr. <laughs> Belvedere. <laughs> wasn't the dad from Elf caught yeah, he... up in some like really bad video? Of him smoking crack and having all kinds of man-on-man -man sex? I, I, I don't think that it was is so much that it was man-on-man. -man. I think it was more because it was man-on-not-yet-a-man. Uh, that's never good. No, that's that's usually not a good thing. I think that says the dad from 7th Heaven got into the same high, hot water because of that. Right. Yeah, that's true. Okay. All right. Batter up. Okay, Ricky Martin. Oh, actually, since you said batter, batter up, uh, Major League Baseball players do not live in barracks in spring training. 
Okay. Where do they live? Uh, just hotels. Okay. Um, Joe Randa, the dude that you went to high school with, or that we all went to high school with, but you know better than I did. He played uh, in the major league from 1995 to 2006. Uh, career batting average 284, which is not too shabby. Uh, 123 home runs and 739 RSBI. Okay. Uh, there have been four different Meatballs movies, none of which Doug has seen. Correct. Uh, George Webb is George Webb, not George Webb's. Correct. I have that in my notes as well. Ricky Martin is actually from Puerto Rico, so he is American. And he was in the Puerto Rican Menudo, not the Mexican Menudo. And it's not it's so it's not a Hispanic song, but she bangs. He he does she bangs, right? Right. Talk to me, tell me your name. You blow me off like it's all the same. You lit it fierce and I'm taking away like a bomb. Yeah, baby. Talk to me, tell me your sign. You switching sides like a Gemini. You playing games and now you're hitting my heart like a drum. Yeah, baby. She bangs, she bangs. Oh, baby, when she moves, she moves. I go crazy cause she looks like a flop, but she stings like a bee. Like every girl in history. Okay, she bangs, she bangs. <laughs> the thing is, as horrible as it sounds, he's actually in key that entire song. Yeah, I, I didn't realize how much auto-tune they did on Ricky Martin's songs. Right, right. Uh, let's see. Uh, I had mentioned, I don't remember what how we use this about the Seinfeld episode where uh, he goes, George, his wife is in a coma. But yep. it's, it's the Jerk Store episode. Right. You know, George, the ocean called. They're running out of shrimp. <laughs> Oh, yeah, Riley? <laughs> well, the jerk store called. They're running out of you. <laughs> What's the difference? You're their all-time bestseller. <laughs> yeah? Well, I had sex with your wife. <laughs> His wife is in a coma. <laughs> the whole time George is talking, his mouth is just stuffed with shrimp. <laughs> so uh, you, you mentioned Mr. Belvedere uh, and specifically the daughter in it. You had talked about Benson being in the same block as Mr. Belvedere. Mr. Belvedere, over the course of its run, was surrounded by the following shows. Full House, Perfect Strangers, Just the Ten of Us, Webster, Different Strokes, Growing Pains, The Fall Guy, Sledgehammer, Gung Ho, and Benson. So you were correct there. So, man, fucked up. Yeah, the only show that I did not watch on a regular basis from that list was Gung Ho. I think that was only one season. And there probably were a couple more that they just were ones that I had never even heard of before. So I didn't put those on the list. Okay. Okay, Art, Arts Performing Center is actually off of Water Street in Milwaukee. It is not by the stadium. Okay. And Julie McCullough was on Growing Pains. Erica Alaniac was in Under Siege. She was also an E.T. Her character was listed as Pretty Girl. Yeah, very, very small thing there. Yes. Yeah. 
So that's all I had for housekeeping. Hey, isn't that funny how we ended up that way? That's all I got for housekeeping. So what have you been up to, man? So I am preparing to go. I have a work trip next week. I'm going to a plant somewhere. I can't say where. A couple hours away from here next week. And I had to get approval because I don't work for the company that I work at. I, I'm a consultant. So I had to get approval from my consulting company and then also from my employer it, itself. And my consulting company, my employer, my wife, and my parents all asked, are you okay to go? And yeah, I'm fine to go. I don't see what the big deal is. It, am, am I missing something here? Uh, I, I, I don't know. I mean, and maybe are they concerned that you might be concerned about getting COVID while you're on this trip? Well, I think that's what it is. But I'm going to be in a controlled environment where I actually am going to be wearing like a medical grade rebreather. So I, I'm actually going to be safer there than I was at the grocery store earlier today. Okay. Okay. Are you going to a plutonium plant? <laughs> no, it's just a lead paint. Lead abatement. paint. Uh, there you go. With asbestos. Yeah, it's actually in, another thing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. yeah. All right. So when it comes to my business, I am rounding third and heading home. But it, it, it's still like, oh, one more week. And then the weather gets nice again. Oh, one more week. And it's just, it's basically Groundhog Day. I'm just doing the same thing. Uh, and one of the things that I'm thinking constantly as I'm doing this, because it's just the same thing over and over again. There's no challenge to my job this time of the year. There's nothing different. It's just <clears throat> widget in, it's widget out. It's time to make the donuts. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I probably could have been paying attention there. Sorry. Time to make the donuts. Yeah, so like I said, I believe next week will be my final busy week, and then I can really hunker down and put a lot more time into this podcast. <laughs> yeah. So um, this week, uh, Eddie Van Halen died, which was kind of surprising, and I know that you actually had a clip pulled for that. Well, yeah, I found it interesting that the week that he passed away, just days prior to that, you had picked, we had just by random, had picked... Back to the Future, which has some Eddie Van Halen music in it. Actually, Edward Van Halen music in it. And did you know that he collaborated with Michael Jackson? Yes, I actually did know that. Okay, I did not know that. So apparently, Quincy Jones, who was producing the Thriller album for Michael Jackson, called up Eddie Van Halen, and Eddie Van Halen would be like, shut the fuck up, who is this really? <laughs> Stop messing with me. And he's like, no, man, it's Q, it's Q. I, I need you to come in here. So he came in there when Michael Jackson was not there, and Quincy Jones had him take a look at the song and the guitar arrangement on Beat It. And Eddie Van Halen did the arrangement, made some changes, and he did not get paid a cent for doing that, but actually had the mindfulness to contact Michael and say, hey, just so you know, I made some changes on the song. I hope you're okay with it. You know, if you don't, if you're not, that's, I'm totally cool with that. And here it is.
I always expect there to be an explosion there because it's the same solo that's used in the song Eat It by Weird Al. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, go ahead. So I actually forgot something since you jumped right in with the beginning of the podcast. I, I forgot to ask you, you know, this is kind of our 21st movie, our wrapping up of, of the first two seasons, if you will. Are you, you know, are you dressed up for this occasion? Are you wearing a suit and tie? No, I'm actually um, wearing a pair of khaki shorts and I, I look down and my fly is open. <laughs> a, cap, a, a Captain America t-shirt and some uh, Adidas footy socks. That's about it. I, I was going to get dressed up because I, I realized the, you know, the the weight of, of this particular occasion. And I do consider it a formal event. So even though I'm not wearing a suit and tie, I, I am wearing a cock ring. So. Okay, awesome. Yeah. I'll be inserting the butt, my butt plug later on. <laughs> okay. We start talking about the movie. Uh, so I saw something that I had not seen in a very long time. I saw Pontiac Fiero on the road. Pontiac Fiero, North America's only mid-engine, two-passenger production car. One of the ten best cars of 1984, says Car and Driver magazine. Fiero, fuel-injected, economical, and only from Pontiac. Pontiac builds excitement. And do you recognize all... the bed for that? No, I do not. It's the Unsolved Mysteries theme. Is it? Yeah, oh, listen okay. to it. Are you going to play it again? Oh, Please. sorry. <laughs> Pontiac. Oh, Don't yeah, you hear? that's so... Uh-huh. This thing was all rusted out, but I was like, holy shit, man, that's the Fiero. So my brother's, my brother's best, best friend, Trevor, had the GT, and it was blue... Uh, and the GT had the six cylinder in it, and it had the, the the back end of it where the engine is was kind of elevated. It was a badass looking car. That thing would fly, man. Was that before he got his Mustang? I don't think he ever had a Mustang. Yeah, I'm pretty sure this is the guy that was really good friends with Bob Jansen, right? No, it's that's a different Trevor. Okay, so I, I'm not. I only can have one person per name in my head at a given time. So okay, that's All my right. bad. Yeah, but. Uh, yeah, I remember the Fiero. You used to see those everywhere on the road. So uh, you have anything else going on? No, man. Time for a little sound of the week? Nope, not quite yet. Oh. So this is a one-off thing. This will not be a regular segment, but this is just since we've gotten to this movie, I'm going to do some podcast stats with some questions for you. Hey, all right. Nerd alert! Okay, if you add all of our podcasts together, what would you guess the total time is? Oh, shit. Make me do math. Okay. 25 minutes divided by pi, carry the two. Uh, 46 hours. That's actually pretty close, but... Mm-hmm. 45.15. Well, hey, man, that's not bad. Yeah, but you went over. I did go over. I didn't get the the, the uh, Oldsmobile and the sectional couch and the set of golf clubs. God damn it. <laughs> okay, of the 21 films we've done, including this week, how many did not have common actors? Just a number. A number? Four. Ooh, very close. Five. Okay. Up the, up the Creek, 
Beastmaster, Fatal Attraction, Krull, and Hot Dog. And all all of those really kind though all out there with the exception of Fatal Attraction. Yeah, I, I'm shocked that Fatal Attraction did not have a single connection. Sure. So who has the most appearances? Um uh, Patrick Swayze. Okay. That is one of five people that are tied with three appearances. Okay, so, Tom Berger. That's two. Um that's not Michael Douglas, because he only did the one. Um, oh, man, I don't know. Charlie Sheen. Oh, I was going to say Charlie Sheen. Damn it. Keith David. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Not Keith, not David Keith. Correct. And uh, Gene Hackman. Hey, there we go. Okay. Almost done with this segment. What okay. movie has the most connections? Um, Platoon. Hey. Plat- Platoon has five. Hoosiers, Fast Times, Risky Business, and Red Dawn all have four. Wow, you put a lot of work into this. I like this game, man. This took a long fucking time. <laughs> I did. <laughs> okay, they're not including movies before Rocky Four because I didn't save stuff before Rocky Four. We have had how many sound clips pulled since including Rocky Four? Oh, God. Um, what number movie was Rocky Four? I think it was the fifth one. Fifth one, um, 300. 598. Holy shit, that's a lot. And the total time is 2 hours, 57 minutes, and 30 <laughs> seconds. Wow. Hey, everything for the listener, right? Okay, so that's that's my little segment for that. So now we can move on to... What's that sound? From 80s movies, you can play along and have some fun. I swear, I think I've heard that already today. Oh, no, that's the other one you did for your other podcast. Never mind. So, okay. No, you have to remember. No, no, no. That was that. No. <laughs> that, I did not do a song to that song. I, I know, but you, I, I was just giving you shit. Okay. So, as I said last week, when I pull these, I pull ones that I think that I would be able to get. And I had to Franken-bite this a little bit. I had to chop a little bit off because there's a couple little dialogue bits in the middle. But okay. it still is, it should be recognizable, but I do not think you will get it. Okay. So, here's the short version. Is that from Buckaroo Banzai in the Fifth Dimension? No, and I've never seen that film. <laughs> I have no idea. Okay. I, I don't know if you'll actually get it with the longer one, but you, you definitely should. Okay. Thank <laughs> you. 
Still don't got it, man. That is in Star Trek Three, right after they have stolen the Enterprise. That is the Excelsior powering up to go into warp, oh. and Mister Scott had removed some components from the transwarp drive. Okay, all right. See, that was that was a tough one because it, of although Star Trek Three is one of the better Star Trek movies, it's one that I have not seen that many times. See, and if you listen to Kramer, he says it's actually better than Star I Trek. I know II. he does. Yeah, he, Kramer's wrong. He's full of shit. <laughs> it is a good Kramer. movie, though. It is a good movie, though, and it and it completes two, three, and four are are great. Five is a hot piece of garbage because yeah, that five, one was five. that one was directed by William Shatner. Right. It was yeah. definitely a. It has a couple moments, but it yeah, five is not good. So and of then, two, three, and four, obviously two would be your number one. So would it be two, three, four, or two, four, three? Two, four, three. See, I would say two, three, four. Okay. All right. Well, you're wrong, and I'm right. So that's just the way it goes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So now it's time for our drink of the show. But again, Matt was not comfortable with the song that I laid down last week. Uh, so I recorded a new song. He has not heard it, correct? Correct. All right. You, you may be disappointed, so I, I apologize. Okay. What you drinking? What you drinking? Drinking. That's it? That's it. Okay. <laughs> I cleaned it up. I cleaned up my act for this week. It's cause, you know, it's kind of a, a you know an award show. It's kind of the momentous ex- occasion. So I thought I would clean it up. So why don't you go ahead with? Well, actually, it's my movie. I will go first. You go first. So I am doing a variation on an old theme here. I'm doing a twisted T again, but this time I'm doing a twisted T half and half. That is one of the four drinks I have set up for this show. And what's half and half? What does that mean? It's half lemonade, half iced tea. Oh, so you're lighting the loafer today. <laughs> That's a, or, or you're a chick. And there again is the flashlight. <coughs> That's gone. Yeah. It's, you really just pounded that whole thing? Yeah. Oh, dude, you said before, you're like, this is going to be a really long podcast. Are you going to be slurring your words? By the time we get to the dance. It's it's happened before. <laughs> yeah. And there's Chuck Berry's cousin. Uh, <laughs> I am drinking a Goose Island Beer Company Locale IPA. Uh, big on hops, low on calorie, beautifully balanced. It's a 3.0 alcohol. Didn't realize it was such low octane. Um, oh, shit. Oh, fuck. It's, it's spilling all over the place. God damn it. God, how did that happen? Half the beer just literally came out of the can and poured over. We're, sorry, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to have to pause this so I can clean up my frothy mess. That's the craziest thing. This can of beer has been sitting in my refrigerator for the last two weeks. I took it out, put it on the counter, opened it, and it just, I'm not kidding when I say almost half the can just came spurting out and it just went everywhere. See, the problem, Doug, is you were reenacting the scene with Homelander on the top of the Empire State building <laughs> with your beer. It's like, I can do whatever I want. I can do whatever I want. 
Yeah, so now I'm going to pour it into my glass and try it. The disappointing thing is, is it smells really, really good. Oh. But it's not that great. It's 3% alcohol and it's a light beer. It's a, yeah, yeah. Ugh. a light IPA. Not good. You know, you live, you learn. Uh-huh. All right. Time, time to do a little movie talk? Yep. See, I'm learning. Uh-huh. It's going to ramp down here in a second. But Back to the Future was released on July 3rd, 1985. It was directed by Robert Zemeckis, best known for these movies, Castaway and Forrest Gump. It was written by Zemeckis along with Bob Gale. Gale also writ- wrote the other Back to the Future films, Used Cars and 1941, all with Zemeckis. It stars Michael J. Fox, who needs no explanation, Leah, Leah, Leah Thompson as Lorraine, best known for Caroline in the City and Howard the Duck, Christopher Lloyd as Doc Brown, best known for Who Framed Roger Rabbit and Star Trek III, Crispin Glover as George, George McFly, best known for Friday the 13th, The Final Chapter, and Charlie's Angels, Thomas Wilson as Biff, best known for these movies and nothing else, and lastly, Claudia Wells has the role of Jennifer. However, after this movie she was filmed, she quit acting for family reasons and was replaced by Elizabeth Shue in the sequels. Crispin Glover did not return for the sequels either due to a contract dispute. He wanted to be paid as much as Michael J. Fox for his supporting role. The movie also had filmed for several weeks with Eric Stoltz in the Marty role, but Zemeckis just felt it wasn't working, and Fox, who was the original choice but had commitments due to family ties, was brought in. It made almost $390 million on a budget of $19 million, and it has a Rotten Tomatoes score of 96 with critics and 94 with audiences. It spawned two sequels, an animated TV show, theme park rides, and multiple video games. So, pop quiz, hot shot. What from the original version of the script for Back to the Future ended up in an Indiana Jones film? Um, the original Back to the Future? The original, original Back to the Future script. Not the one that they actually shot, but the original Back to the Future script. And it ended up, what Indiana Jones movie? Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Oh, God. Just the swinging on the vines with the monkeys? No. Oh, 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 There's a nuclear explosion and Marty had to go into a lead-lined refrigerator. That actually is correct. Are you serious? <laughs> Holy that, shit. That was originally what the time travel vehicle was going to be. Oh, we talked about this in an earlier podcast, I think. So, did you see this movie in the theater? Oh, yeah. This was like a family event. You know, there were times where just my dad took my brother and I to a movie. uh, Or, you know, there were times where my sister tagged along. And one movie that we had to go see because she was in the track and the cross country as a family was Chariots of Fire. The best thing about Chariots of Fire is the brief sequence in National Lampoon's Vacation. Yes. So, can you imagine being nine years old and going to see Chariots of Fire in the theater with your family? At first, I thought you were going to say personal best, but I think that's about bicycle riding. Yes. Uh, But no, we we saw this as as a family together. So, yes, I saw it in the theater. I don't think I saw it again in the theater, 
And then part two and part three I saw with you. Um, no. You might have seen part three or part two with me. You did not see part three with me. Okay. And, and the reason I know that is I have a story about part two and part three. Okay. So part three came out my senior year of high school. It actually came out in 1990, so it would not have been eligible for this podcast. Part two is not eligible for this podcast anymore since, of our, since it falls under our no sequel rule with exceptions of, I think, the indie and Star Wars films. All right. But Back to the Future 3 came out in the spring, I believe, of my senior year, so 1990. Back to the Future 2 came out on video the week that Back to the Future 3 came out in the theaters because they filmed both movies back to back. The girl I was dating at the time, I wanted to take her to see Back to the Future 3, but she had not seen Back to the Future 2. So I skipped out of school and I drove to Pick and Save in Oconomowoc. <laughs> And rented Back to the Future 2 so she could watch that so we could go see Back to the Future 3 that night. Okay. So, yes. I did not see Part 3. I, then I'm pretty sure I saw Part 2 with you. That is definitely possible. And that actually brings up a question, and I probably should have brought this up in the housekeeping section. It was something I was thinking about as I was kind of walking around listening to the podcast. Because up until this podcast, I've listened to each podcast three times. I listened to it when we record it. Mm-hmm. I listen to it when I edit it, and I listen to it afterwards, and just in case I missed anything. And that's actually going to change with this podcast. I'm only going to listen to it twice, but I'll explain that a little bit later. But as I was listening to it, and I think I actually sent you a text, I, we've gotten into a little bit of a groove. I think that we have kind of found how we do this, and we have our moments of dare I say brilliance, where I am laughing out loud at something I have heard three times. And if I find it entertaining the third time I hear it, I would I have to assume that people would find it entertaining the first time they, they hear it. But my question to you is, how did we ever become friends? I, I could not actually put that together. Uh, I think it was through Bob Jansen that, you know, I had the big cruiser, the, the 82 diesel suburban and i palled around with a couple of guys that were in your subdivision and you tagged along a couple of times to a house party or a field party and then i think our our relationship really took on its where it is now is when we you that were drunk night where fingered each other's buttholes <laughs> yeah <laughs> I oh, said, sorry did i say I that said, Matt, like... please don't tell that story <laughs> I really felt like you took advantage of me that evening. <laughs> no, when you were a senior and I was uh, a junior, and we had the study hall together. Yeah, and that was the thing I thought about. It's like we never had any classes together. I remember, and we've talked about on the podcast before, that we had the study hall together. But we were hanging out before that, and you know, we weren't on any sports together. We didn't have any any classes together. You know, we didn't live near each other. We were from different socioeconomic groups. So, you know, we weren't at any of the club parties together. So I was just trying to figure out, and that uh, actually probably doesn't make sense. It was probably like, you know, Bob Jansen was kind of the the bridging person there. Yes. Yeah. You were never invited to the country club parties that I took my other cool friends to. Yeah. I I wouldn't have had, I probably worked there, but. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, but I mean, we, for an entire semester, we were with each other for an hour every day. Oh yeah, and that was just a, a clusterfuck too. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a fun that was a fun study hall. Anyways, back back to the movie. So the movie starts, and the, one of the things I have to say about this movie, 
is like other movies that we watched previously that are in my brain because I've seen them so many times. Rewatching this with a critical eye as opposed to just watching it passively because I know it. Unlike Rocky Four, this movie is actually really, really good, and it is incredibly well put together. Yeah, USC uh, in their film school they rate this as one of the top screenplays, and it's a screenplay that they study and look at it and go, "Okay, you want to write a perfect screenplay? Follow the format of Back to the Future." No, it, it's it's amazing. It reminds me of Can't Buy Me Love as far as how tight it is and how everything ties to something else. There's not any any wasted lines, any wasted like subplots. Everything everything really ties together really nice. But the movie starts and it's clocks. It's just a ton of clocks. And I said clocks, not cocks, Doug, so settle down. But right. This isn't backside to the future. This is back to the future. <laughs> I actually was going to ask that. It's like I did Google to see if there was any back to the future porn parodies. And yes, there are. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I did watch a couple of them. Okay. Do you have any clocks that are purposely set at the wrong time? Uh, yes. The clock in our bathroom, which I should say it's, a, it's an analog clock. But I specifically had to tell the missus to buy one of those a non-ticking clock. Because when I'm lying in bed, if I hear that tick, 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 it's like a hammer getting pounded on my skull. And I can't fall asleep. So she went and found one of those non-ticking clocks. But she has it set 15 minutes fast. So when she's getting ready in the morning, she doesn't feel like she's rushed. Yeah, the the clock in, in our bedroom is set 10 minutes fast. But you know it, so it's kind of in in your brain to to realize that it is fast so you you automatically adjust like okay it says it's 10 o'clock that actually means it's 9 50 or whatever it happens to be and i used to do that in the clocks in my cars as well but with the way that modern car clocks work the cock the the cocks in your car the clocks in your car the clocks in my car okay and you cannot do that with modern clocks in your car because almost all of them get a gps signal that actually has that time embedded in it so you can't do that no both of my toyotas you can set the time to whatever you want really i mean you can't in any of our nissans but you can in in the porsche but that's just because it's an older car but as we're seeing all of these clocks if you will actually notice that they are not synced because the TV turns on, the coffee machine turns on, the can opener, and they're all several seconds apart. So they're not actually timed. But there is an interesting thing for when the TV turns on and it plays this clip. Or actually, no, I'm sorry. It doesn't play this clip. Why don't you talk about the TV reporter dog? The gal who's the TV reporter, I'm looking at I'm like, man, does she look familiar? And sure as shit, she is one of the females in Bachelor Party that... Uh, Tom Hanks and Tawny Katane are getting married, and Tom Hanks obviously is at the bachelor party. And Tawny Katane and her girlfriends dress up like hookers to crash the birthday party. And the older sister of Tawny Katane bachelor is party. played by this. Uh, no, the older sister of Tawny Tawny Katane. You said bachelor, bachelor party. party. You said birthday party, not bachelor party. Oh, sorry, um, is played by the same gal who is in this newscast and she has a bunch of Japanese businessmen pull a train on her. No! Oh, please! I know what I'm doing! I'm just go! 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 
Okay, gentlemen. The gods have answered your prayers. And while I was watching, trying to find that clip, I was watching little bits and pieces of Bachelor Party. Holy shit, we have to do that movie. There's a lot of funny stuff that happens in that movie. I have not seen that movie in a minute. You know that that woman actually plays a newscaster in Die Hard as well. Oh, okay. You're a liar. (laughs) Sorry. You're such a dick. But this, All right, but oh, so she explains that there's missing plutonium. Right, and this scene is done so well because it introduces a bunch of different elements at the same time. It has the newscast talking about the missing plutonium. Marty's skateboard kind of rolls over up against the case of the plutonium that's underneath the bed. And it also shows the, the beta camcorder that is on the bed. Yes. And then... Marty, we still have not seen his face. We've just seen the back of him, his legs and stuff. And this is actually a scene that Doug pulled for Sound of the Cleep, Sound of the Week a couple weeks back where he turns on the amplifier. And this is not just a normal amplifier. This amplifier is louder than other ones. Oh, I 11, see. And most of 11, and then amps go up to 10. Exactly. Does that mean it's louder? Is it any louder? Well, it's one louder, isn't it? It's not 10. You see, most most blokes are going to be playing at 10. You're on 10 here, all the way up, all the way up, all the way up. You're on 10 on your guitar. Where can you go from there? Where? I don't know. Nowhere, exactly. What we do is if we need that extra push over the cliff, you know what we do? Put it up to 11. 11, exactly. One louder. Why don't you just make 10 louder and make 10 be the top number and make that a little louder? These go to 11. Have Have you ever seen Spinal Tap? I'm assuming you have once a long time ago and I probably didn't get a lot of the jokes and my sense of humor was not as warped as it is now when I did see it yeah it is a definitely a potential future thing I I really like that film and so one thing that one thing that made me gag a little bit was the the wet dog food just piling up in that bowl Mm -hmm. what what do you what do you feed Joey Uh, it's it he gets uh, just you know, bag dog food. He doesn't get wet dog food. Okay. Okay. Yeah, even the smell of it. Ugh. Oh. I, I, it makes me want to yak. Have you have you ever eaten dog food? <laughs> no. But when we were kids and we were up at my dad's cabin, we were playing the love boat and my sister was like the maitre d' and the waiter, waiter and... My brother and I were the passengers, and she brought over some dog food. And my brother and I are like, we're not going to eat that. That's dog food. She's like, oh, no, no, no. This is not dog food. This is gourmet food. And she ate some dog food. And to this day, I give her shit about that. No, I have never eaten dog food. Yeah, I have. Uh, not, okay. N- that not... does not surprise me. <laughs> they, they paid me a million dollars. No. <laughs> See, that's Which a we'll get into a little bit. Yeah, we'll get into that a little bit. So, Later. no, we had – we were – it was my brother, myself, and one of the neighbors. We were just kind of running around outside. And somehow the dog food bowl had been outside and it had gotten wet. And somebody had a pitching wedge for some reason. And as I came around the corner, they hit the pitching wedge. And all of this wet dog food just went right into my mouth. <laughs> ah. it, it, it was not Very good. Nice. No, I'm sure it wasn't. What did, it, did it taste like just like? stale graham crackers with no sugar or did it taste like chicken no it tastes like bad pate okay 
But right. so Anyways. Marty Anyways. is going to play guitar with this humongous amplifier. And there's a little bit of a J.J. Abrams lens flare here. And he plays one note and the amplifier explodes. And now Marty is deaf. Yes, most and, definitely. And he gets up and we see we see Michael J. Fox's face for the first time. And he's got these shades on and he says something like, rock and roll. Yeah, all five foot four of them. Yeah. And the, the phone rings and he answers it. And the, the phone rings. And when the phone rings, it's almost like a firehouse bell that rings to announce that the phone is ringing. Yes. And Doc wants to meet him at 1.15 in the morning at Twin Pines Mall. So Twin Pines Mall. To bring the camera. And to bring the camera. So that's important. Twin Pines Mall. That's important. And now the clocks go off. And apparently Doc had been run. Go ahead. Is that my experiment? (laughs) Yeah. I don't know exactly what he says, but. I said all the clocks. 25 minutes slow. And. Marty is perturbed by this because this means he's late for school. Marty literally just showed up and he has a watch on his wrist. So (laughs) the fact that there was this experiment has nothing to do with the fact that he was late. And beyond that, the, the clocks all go off at the same time where we had just seen two minutes earlier that the clocks had a slight delay between each one when they go off. Correct. Right. But he says, oh, shit, Doc, I'm late for school. And we get the first little sample of Huey Lewis in the News playing one of, I think, a couple songs in the soundtrack. Have you ever seen Huey Lewis in concert? No, but he, so when I was, uh, the summer between fifth grade and sixth grade, and we were camping in Canada, and we went to some store, and I had a choice to buy either Bruce Springsteen Born in the USA, or Huey sports. Lewis in the News Sports. And I chose Huey Lewis in the News Sports, the cassette tape, and instantly became a gigantic Huey Lewis in the News fan. After that, I went out and bought all of their prior tapes, cassette tapes. I think there was three or four of them, and then I think they had maybe two or three or four of them after sports. Mm-hmm. But just loved Huey Lewis in the News, but never got a chance to see them live. I heard they are awesome. Uh, they're incredible. I saw them live at... One of, like, not Okachi days, but, like, one of those tight places, a little bit larger on one of the communities on Lake Michigan. But I saw them, okay. and they were they were incredible. Yeah. Well, he doesn't perform anymore because he's almost deaf. Have you, have you ever seen American Psycho? Yes. You ever heard Harry, Huey Lewis in the news? I should have pulled that clip. But... You should have pulled that clip. <laughs> <laughs> that is a fantastic movie. Yeah. Um, that's actually the, the second movie my wife and I ever saw together. Okay. But All right. now we get the introduction of Jennifer. And as... Let's not forget, you're oh. missing out a big thing. He's he's grabbing onto the back of vehicles on their bumpers and letting them pull him on his... Skateboard. On his skateboard. Yeah. The purple Jeep. The guy kind of looks at him and, you know, Marty's like, eh, sorry. Like, you wouldn't pull over that Jeep and say, get the fuck off my Jeep. You're going gonna to get in trouble for killing you, kid. So there was, I think, a band sticker on the, the the deck of actually probably the bottom of the deck. It would have to be the bottom of the deck of the skateboard, and it's it's a band I've heard of, but I've never heard them. It's Septula or something like that. You know what okay. I'm talking about? No, I no. We'll have to listen to it. What was the pin that he had on his denim jacket? 
Trump 2020. Okay. <laughs> no, I have no idea. Uh, okay. This is, this is a summer fest that. pin. Yes. But you're right. He he goes through the town, and as he's going through the town, he's waving at all of the women that are doing aerobics. And this kind of goes back to the uh, – I think this is probably – Jazzercise existed before yoga pants. I think yoga pants have probably only been around for about 10 years, right? No, actually probably sure. longer than that, but not back but they, in but 85. But, but now they're referred to as active pants and that you wouldn't be caught dead 10 or 12 years ago going out in yoga pants. Now it's just like yeah, – that's just what women wear. It's interesting because whenever we do – certain types of laundry. So we have, you know, our, our warms and, and my missus does her delicates, but then, you know, we, I refer to them as our socks and undies. Right. And that's hot. And whenever I'm folding underwear, I, you know, I take two showers a day because of my profession. So I'm, I'm left with like a stack of underwear that's a foot and a half tall. And then there may be two little pairs of panties. And I, you know, last week I said, how come, I always have all these underwear. You only have like two pair of underwear. She's like, because I don't wear underwear. I'm always wearing yoga pants. Oh, yeah. Yeah, my wife and and I have had a very similar conversation, but it's just because I don't shower. So she she hasn't, I don't have as much underwear. But you actually bring up a a great question is, so, you know, we've already talked about your missus, but pre-marriage, and actually I guess maybe pre-her, I don't know. Did you ever date a woman that didn't wear underwear. No. It is confusing. Is it confusing? Yeah, because it's like, you know, your hand doesn't know where to go because you expect like that other layer in there and it's just not there. Kind of like the first time you stick your your hand down a woman's pants and there's no hair there and you're like, hold on a second. What's going on here? <laughs> yeah, it, it it is very similar. And actually for me, both of those things happen with the same woman. So okay. it's just like my hand just kind of came out and gave me a little, what the fuck's going on here? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, yes, now we're, we're introduced to Jennifer. Um, she's not a very good actress, is she? Not particularly. Yeah. So she played Linda in the Fast Times at Ridgemont High TV series. And you had mentioned that she wasn't in the other two sequels. Her mother had cancer. So that's right. why she... Uh, did not do the sequels. Right. She has actually been very active in the Back to the Future community, if you will, because they have like Back to the Future cons that she attends quite a bit. And she also, I believe, provided the voice of Jennifer for some of the Back to the Future video games. What do you think they they get for an appearance fee for showing up to the Back to the Future con? Uh, Probably 500 bucks? No, no, it's a couple grand, easy. Is it? Okay. Yeah. I mean, William Shatner probably got like 50 grand for coming to a Star Trek. Oh, no, uh, way more than that. Okay. And, and actually, well, it depends on when it happened. Now things are different because it used to be, you know, you had an appearance fee and then you had, you signed autographs. Now it's, you have an appearance fee and you sign autographs, but the autographs are, you know, 75 bucks each, 100 bucks each or mm-hmm. something like that. And sure. so you got to figure if, if you're William Shatner, you're going to get a thousand people at least that want your autograph if you're at a, like a major con. So they could pay you nothing to go there. And if you're charging a hundred bucks and you have a thousand people, that's, you know, a hundred sure. grand. And th- that's, yeah. I mean, it sucks for that day, but you know, you, your hand will get better. Right. And you know all okay. about that. So I do know all about that. Yes. We can talk about that, but we won't. <laughs> 
But Jennifer says... There's a story. There's a story. <laughs> but we're not going to talk about that. Are we, Matt? No. So no. Jennifer says that Marty can't be late again because this would be four times in a row. And they get into the school and they run into Mr. Strickland, who is the principal at the school. And he is handing out tardy slips. And he doesn't write anything on these tardy slips. He just is like peeling them off a pad, almost like sticky notes. What good does that do? Nothing. It does no good whatsoever. And, and then Strickland says something about, you know, I saw that your your band is on the list for the some kind of, you know, for the dance that's going to be. It's like, and Strickland says this. No McFly ever amounted to anything in the history of Hill Valley. Yeah, well, history is going to change. You're a slacker, McFly, just like your old man. And that, like everything else, will come up later. But so Huey of Huey Lewis in the News has a guest spot here as one of the judges judging the, the different bands that are up there. And Marty's band starts playing. And do you know who the backing band behind Marty was? No. It was Def Leppard. Liar! You're a liar, Matt! <laughs> okay. So they immediately get dismissed as being too darn loud. And... as a, Hold on. As a kid, when I saw Huey Lewis in this movie... I, I was probably too young to have a full erection, but I'm pretty sure I had some. I got somewhat of an erection when I saw Huey Lewis. So I, I just want to make sure I'm I'm hearing this correctly. As a probably 13, 14 year old. Oh see, yes, okay. Seeing Huey well, Lewis no, 12, gave you an erection. Yes, yes, yes. Because in my in my bedroom, I had you know a poster of Heather Locklear and a you know a poster of a Lamborghini and a poster of a Porsche. And at some point I probably got a poster with the Miller light girls or the mm -hmm. Budweiser girls and a poster of Spuds McKenzie, Spud McKenzie or Spuds. 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 And then I had several posters of Huey Lewis either by himself or with the news. So, so where, where, where were fan. you looking when you finished? <laughs> Spud McKenzie. Okay. Spuds, but anyway. Spuds McKenzie, yes. But uh, even after playing for just a second, Huey dismisses them as just being too darn loud. And then yes. we go back to the downtown area, which is actually a, a pretty central fixture of all of the Back to the Future films. And a van is driving around, and it's talking about Mayor Goldie Wilson is running for election. And Marty is talking to Jennifer, and, and Marty is talking about his fears that he has of rejection not his fears of rejection from her but his fears of rejection from people listening to his music and as some aerobics girls walk by he very obviously <laughs> checks out their asses mm -hmm. and a truck is on a flatbed a toyota truck is on a flatbed which is probably not that dissimilar from the red truck you used to have and i still have i still well i have i still have a red truck but you don't have, have that red truck. No, but the red truck that I have is almost a carbon copy of the previous red truck. And but, there's a name for that red truck. Yes, there is. Yes, yes, I do. Yes, okay. I do know the, the name of your truck. Yeah. And, and and the name of my new red truck is that name, too. 
I, I did not know that part. Yes. You should yes. get vanity plates for that. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm sure the DMV would... Uh... <laughs> By the way, folks, I'm not the one who gave that name to that truck. It's, it's a little derogatory. Um, but, okay. But no, that so the, the older Toyotas were much more narrow. Their body mm-hmm. was a lot more narrow. But still a damn good-looking truck. Yeah, and the truck is nice, but it's not like a Lamborghini or a Porsche or a BMW where Marty is talking about one day I'm going to have that. Well, he's, he's, he's a McFly. He's not setting his expectations too high. Yeah, I guess the key to, you know, happiness is low expectations. But Jennifer and Marty have a sleepover date at a cabin plant. And I... I had, I, I, I tried to think of like my high school experience. I did not have anything like that when I was in high school. No, certainly not. I went to, when I was a senior and I had a girlfriend, her family had a, a lake cottage in Manaqua and we went over up there over New Year's, but her family was there. And there were three daughters and three boyfriends, and all the three boyfriends all slept in the same room. And at some point throughout the course of the night, each one of us snuck away and had a rendezvous with uh, their um, girlfriend. All right. So here's a good question for you. When you were when you were younger, could could be either high school or immediately post high school. in, In that point in time where it's like you just don't care, you need to get laid type situation. Mm hmm. What is the most dangerous thing you did as far as getting caught? Nothing. I, I did not. I did not do anything dangerous. Be per- I'll be perfectly honest with you. I, I was a fearful person when it came to that sort of thing. Because I, the, the girlfriend that I had the longest my senior year, her dad was a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> and he, they, made me, he, he made sure that he knew that I was a lawyer. Did, did they have a Sheltie? Yes, they did. Okay, yeah. That's, I remember that. Of course I do. But I, I remember there was um, my parents' house. They had a bathroom that was right off the kitchen. You know how you have like a hallway that comes in from the front door and then you have a, a small like half bath. And then at the end of the hallway is like the kitchen where you have the island and then you have like the stove and stuff. You, you, yes. you get what I'm talking about? So my mom was cooking dinner and so she was at the stove and my girlfriend was in the small bathroom, which was right off of the kitchen, probably at most seven, eight feet from the stove where my mom was standing. And I was just walking through the kitchen and my girlfriend who had been in the bathroom opened the bathroom door. And as she opened the bathroom door, I just pushed her back into the bathroom (laughs) and proceeded to bend her over to the sink in the small bathroom where my mom was cooking like seven feet away. I I thought, is this the same girlfriend that, that only liked it missionary? Yes. So, so she was going outside of her box, her comfort level. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, well, that was uh, that was in Sussex. So that would have been, I would have been in college at that point. Okay. But, right. but still, yes, you're right. That was, you know, that was one of the crazier stories in, in that particular vein. Okay. But Marty's talking about his mom. And what is his observation about his mom? That she would not approve of this them dating and them going somewhere. And he says that he thinks that she was born a nun. Okay, yes. And we are introduced to the clock tower, which is most definitely... Could you tell me where the nuclear vessels are? 
Yeah, okay, so they're kissing, and this lady just comes and shoves this flyer in your face. Would you ever in a million years interrupt somebody who's kissing? Oh, excuse me, excuse me. Uh, I'm buying a ham sandwich over here. I mean, it's the most ridiculous thing. The only thing I would do is I'd ask them to maybe kind of shift positions so I had a better view. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, Open her shirt a little bit more. Can you undo that button? There you go. Yeah, right. Exactly. Right there. Okay. So, but Jennifer is leaving and she writes him a, a note on the back of the clock tower uh, flyer. And it says, I love you. And then once again, he skates away. Oh, but her dad picks her up in an AMC Eagle with wood paneling. <laughs> Did you ever have any vehicles that had the wood panel? Did did one of the uh, Suburbans have that? Uh, no, that those did not. But we did have a green Suburban that had wood paneling when I was a, when I was much younger, and I believe we probably had a grocery getter also that had wood paneling. Yeah, Bob Jansen's family had a grocery getter with the wood paneling. I remember. Yeah, that. I never understood who thought that somebody came up with a, that, that idea and said, "You know, what we need to put on our cars wood, <laughs> especially f- fake wood." Right. That's a great look. Let's go with that. But did you skate at all growing up? A little bit. And this is this is one of those moments where I was such an addict to my dad. I was hanging out with a couple of guys that were, you know, kind of good skaters, but they weren't like, you know, skate or die guys. And I wanted a skateboard and they had the, you know, the, the Tony Hawk board with the, the good trucks and the good wheels. And I wanted that. And one day, my dad comes home. He's like, Doug, come out here. Come out here. I'm going to show you something. And he opens up his back door, and there is this, like, $23 skateboard from Farm and Fleet. And I was just like, oh, that's not a really good skateboard. He was so excited to give me that skateboard, and I just was a dick and, and disappointed him so much. But to my credit, do you remember the ditches? Yes. The concrete ditches by Hardy's. They were these drainage ditches where all the skaters would go. I went skating there, and I was going down this concrete ditch, and this $23 skateboard from Farm and Fleet or Target or wherever it was from basically just stopped <laughs> going down. And I went flying forward and tore open my knee and had to get 37 stitches, stitches on my kneecap. Wow. Yeah. No, And I think, well, as, as a father – and your kids might be a little bit young for this yet where you're not really buying them stuff that would fall into kind of like that skateboard, not quite the right type of skateboard vein yet. But I, I see that with my kids and I know, I know that I am not the right person to buy certain things because I just, I don't know. And the best example of that is, did I ever tell you the story of how I got engaged and how I decided to get engaged? No. Okay. So I was um, probably 27 years old and my credit was like shit, right? It was, it was not good. And I had met my, my now wife and I think we were actually, we might've been living together at that point. I'm not sure, but we had talked about it and we talked about that we were going to get married. It was just a matter of when, and you know, when could be six months from now, when could be six years from now. It, it, it did not have a timeline associated with it. And I was actually up in the northern end of Columbus, and I was in, a, in I was on a break from, uh, I was doing a training session, and I went to this jeweler, and I was looking at engagement rings, and I knew that my credit was shitty, so I said, you know what, I will let fate decide this. If I can get approved credit-wise for a ring, I will buy the ring so we can get engaged. 
not thinking the fact that they will give credit to a homeless man <laughs> at a jewelry <laughs> store. And I went and I bought her this ring. And she she had talked about like what she wanted as far as, you know, size and stuff like that. And I had the foresight to think about it and say, you know what? I don't want to make a mistake that is this expensive. So I actually said, you know what? Hold off on purchasing this for a second. I'm going to bring her up here to actually have her pick out the ring that she wants because I want to make sure that she's getting something that she wants rather than something that I think would be nice. And to her credit, she got a smaller stone than the stone I picked out. Of course, that stone was three grand more, but, you know, it was still a smaller stone. (laughs) Hold on. I don't know if you can hear me or not. I'm, I'm getting a beer. No, that's right. While you're telling that story, I'm still listening. Um, when my missus and I got engaged, we went and um, looked at rings, and I let her pick out the ring. And I was under the impression that she was going to pick out something that um, was going to be like a, a carrot or more. Mm-hmm. And she she ended up going with something that was a half a carrot, but a very nice, high quality diamond. And um, it wasn't that ex- expensive of a ring, but it was it's a nice ring. I think so. Jen's is six carats. Oh, okay. <laughs> sure it is. <laughs> no, I no, I think it's it's actually a, a... Jen has the hope diamond on yeah. her on her ring. Yeah, it's the um the heart of the ocean. Uh-huh. No, I, I... All right. We should probably keep on going with this movie or You think? Right. You think? I think. I think. So they are. We're now back at Marty's house, and apparently there had been an accident, and we get the introduction of Biff as a character, and we find out that Marty's dad is doing reports at work for Biff, and as Biff is walking out, he says to Marty, "Say hi to your mom for me." Yes. You know what? You know what George is. George is a pussy? No, he's a cuck. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, he is. And so now wife of the show, Jen, is running to the computer to <laughs> Google cuck. Don't do it at work, honey. <laughs> no, we, we, well, we brought it up last week, I think. I think we brought that term up last week. Oh, I guarantee it's been brought up at least one t- time previously. Right. But, it, you know, I, I felt like they did the, the production of, of this movie. They did a really nice job of aging Biff. And George McFly. Yeah, and in the mom too. I thought oh, she. Yes. Yeah. We have. Been, he smashed the car. And he goes. Why didn't you tell me your car had a blind spot? I spilled beer all over my suit. It's <laughs> great. Yeah. You remember when drunk driving wasn't like the worst thing in the world? Right. I remember in in um, driver's ed that the, our driver's ed teacher told us what the cops would look for for drunk drivers. So avoid doing these things if you're drunk driving, basically, is what our driver's ed teacher taught us. I I remember multiple parents driving kids around places with either an open beer or even an open mixed drink as they were Uh driving us. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there were times. There were times. Okay, this is a great story. Uh, In high school, my dad took my brother and I, and we each had a buddy along with us, and three other guys fishing up to the Boundary Waters in Canada. So there were two vehicles. So the kids were all in one vehicle, and the adults were all in the vehicle in front of us. 
And we got probably to northern Wisconsin, and all of a sudden, they start throwing cups of stuff out the window. <laughs> and we're having to turn, turn on the windshield wipers. And I'm like, what is that? And my brother goes, yeah, they're drinking. That's their piss. They're pissing in their cups and throwing it out the window. <laughs> nice. Yeah. But we, we find out that Marty's brother works at Burger King. And this is one of multiple tie-ins to PepsiCo because Burger King and, and Pepsi have this association. Yes. What, what What is this movie full of, Matt? It is full of... Where the fuck is it? Merchandising! <laughs> merchandising! Yeah. Yeah. There is, and it is actually done fairly well. Mm-hmm. But... They are watching I Love Lucy, and we were introduced to the concept that the mom is a drunk, and she's got her drink kind of sloshing around as she's talking. Yeah, she's drinking vodka on the rocks, man. <laughs> I mean, when you're drinking vodka on the rocks in a big tumbler glass, you've got a problem. So the mom is a drunk. They talk about how Uncle Joey didn't make parole. Yeah. And then the dad, is George, is watching TV, and he laughs weird. Oh, you didn't pull the clip of that? No, I did not pull the clip. Oh, but... <laughs> Yeah, no. uh, so uh, Marty's older brother is the guy who played Jimmy Olsen in the Superman movies with Christopher Reeve, and the sister is Wendy Jo Sperber, who was in Bosom Buddies with Tom Hanks and Bachelor Party. And she's dead. Is she really? She died of breast cancer like about 15 years ago. Oh, that's too bad. She was a funny gal. But, you know, his his mom his, his, is... Talking about... Um, all the things that she never did with the boy. I never parked with the boy. I never. What 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 are the other things that she never did with the boy? When I was chased your a, age, I never oh. chased a boy or called a boy or sat in a parked car with a boy. That's what she never did. That's what she said. Okay. All right. And they met because Lorraine's mom hit George with the car. Her dad. And, yeah, the dad. And they're really setting the stage up here. This is another. Could you tell me where the nuclear vessels are? And this is where the script, it's like everything. Joey, the car, the drinking, all this stuff. All these things come back. All these things Mm -hmm. are paid off in the end. And so we have a little bit of a jump here. And Marty is asleep. And he sleeps very, very weird. Yeah, some weird arm this way and a weird arm that way with his face, with his butt up in the air and his face down in the pillow. Right. And Doc calls him and wakes him up and asks him to pick up the video camera on the way over to Twin Pines Mall. Yes. And he gets to Twin Pines Mall, and what is the first thing he sees? The DeLorean come pouring out of the... Nope. Even before that. He sees Einstein. Okay. He sees the doggy. Doggy. And the doggy comes out, and this truck opens up, and a car starts backing out. Is that what a DeLorean really sounds like? I have no idea. I don't know. Because that is a very distinct, almost very thro- gut- guttural sound. Yeah, it's throaty. Very, it's, yeah, throaty. Yeah. But when Doc opens up the door, all the smoke comes pouring out. Yeah, he was hotboxing the DeLorean. Which never happens again in the movie. <laughs> no, that's because Doc was hotboxing the DeLorean. I never noticed it before watching this. Doc is totally a weed smoker. Oh, Big yeah. Time. Even in the 1950s, he is. <laughs> yes. And have you, did you have you ever driven a DeLorean? No. Apparently, they're they're really shitty. 
and underpowered and their turning radius is crap. But I think you have a little information about the DeLorean as kind of a car and the person. Yeah, so they came out in 1975, and immediately there was a cash flow problem because they were estimating that they needed to sell 10000 to break even with all the investments that they got. But by 1981, they had only sold 6000 So John DeLorean decided that he was going to become a trafficker of cocaine. And in 1982, the FBI led a sting where uh, they caught him trafficking $24 million worth of cocaine. Um he did a little bit of jail time, but uh, is out now. I, he, as far as I know, he could be dead. I don't know. I don't think he's dead, but DeLorean as a company has made a little bit of a comeback because there's a big collector's market for it, and they're uh, actually funny. selling new parts for it. It's I, Just a couple of weeks ago, I saw one driving down the road. It is one of those things where it's, it's totally a map thing to do, to buy a DeLorean just for shits and giggles, even though I know like, it's not a great car. Right, like buying the Batmobile from the 1960s show. Yeah, exactly. Which we know somebody that has a, a the 1960s Batmobile, and he shows up to kids' parties and to scout outings dressed up as Batman in this Batmobile. Do, do you remember the Batmobile from high school? No. There was a guy, and I, I want to say it was a Chevy Nova. He had some car and it wasn't a great car and it just was painted with gray primer but it had like the bat symbol on both of the doors was it silky bob <laughs> i have no idea who it was i just remember it's like the batmobile showing up all do you the remember time Sil- do you remember silky bob no i do not he was this guy that he was really short but had just the most lovely golden long blonde hair wore a leather jacket with tassels blue jeans and then he wore knee-high moccasins that had um, tassels on him as well. And the guys that I ate lunch with sophomore year, we we called him Silky Bob. I have no idea what his name was. but Okay. I was going to say that's not because you're describing somebody else that almost would fit into a description of somebody else. A uh, really good friend of friend of the show, Brad. No. no Brad was tall. and Brad No, no, not, not Brad. One of Brad's friends. Uh, I don't know. I don't know who this guy was friends with, but okay. anyways, okay. We, we referred to him as Silky Bob. I, I've heard it before, but I just, I never knew who he was. Okay, but Marty asks Doc if he's wearing a Devo suit, and I've <laughs> never heard that before. I'd never heard that before either, and they are planning on sending the dog back in time. So but Marty put, doesn't know it yet. Marty yeah, doesn't they, know that yet. He's not in on this whole thing yet. But they, they put the dog in the car. That dog is going to get high. Right? Oh, yeah. It's just a contact buzz. Absolutely. Have you ever been to a party where they people were blowing smoke into the dog's nose? No. No. And uh, I would be I would be pissed off if that happened. I, I've seen it happen, and I was pretty pissed off, too. Yeah. No, I mean, I have been... I've never been in a car that got hotboxed, but when my car used to roll up into at to high school, we'd open up the doors in the winter... And it would just smoke would pour out, but that was all just because everybody we had six guys in the car and everyone had a heater. So I mean, yeah. it was and nobody had any windows down, so it was pretty brutal. But Ugh. yeah, okay, can you just imagine? So you can't smell that on yourself, but you come and sit down next to somebody in class that first period, you are just going to stink so bad. Maybe that's why I didn't get laid in high school. Perhaps, <laughs> but the car was set up to be remote controlled, and. 
that by itself had to be super expensive. Sure. And I had a problem with this because that car is stick. Oh, yeah, and, I guess you're and right. There's, it is there's, stick. there's no clutch. It's just a forward, backward thing, which might work on an automatic, might, but it would not work on a car that's stick. Okay. So Doc hasn't explained it all, but he's he says that they go and they line up and they start driving the car at them, and Doc says this. My calculations are correct. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some serious shit. Yeah, and Marty keeps on trying to, like... He's inching away. Go away from... <laughs> inching away, and Doc just kind of looks at him, and, oh, he sheepishly sheepishly goes back to him. And then, yeah, car hits 88 miles an hour. We see the two flames of where the tires were, and Marty says, Jesus Christ, Doc, you disintegrated Einstein! Yeah, those were some bad effects. Uh-huh. Well, and they only had... There were, there were only 32 practical effects in this entire movie. And, you know, obviously, 1985, 2020, or 2018, whatever it was, the, the effects in the porn version were actually better. <laughs> okay, that's great. Do you know why they picked... 88 miles an hour? No. Because Einstein was born in 1888. Oh, okay. Liar! Actually, Einstein was born in 1879. Okay. <laughs> See, I'm, I'm, I'm letting you know when I'm lying now. Thank <laughs> you, because they just roll off of your tongue so easily. But when, when we were... I was in AP Chemistry. when I think it was when the second one came out. And we did this thing where we would line up trails of uh not ethanol what was the stuff that evaporates really quickly from rubbing in, alcohol it is the equivalent of rub, rubbing alcohol we'd set up like two trails of that and we'd light it on fire just like the back to, across our lab tables <laughs> nice but the car disappears the license plate comes off and doc and marty are talking and they are talking way way more than a minute okay i guess i didn't keep track of that and the car comes back, and the car immediately skids to a stop. And if it was going 88 miles an hour, it would have went way further than oh, it actually sure. did. Sure. But the, the, the car is covered in ice, once again, something that doesn't come up later. And exhaust shoots out of, what would you call those things at the back? Baffles. Okay. And the dog they open it up and the dog is fine they explain that it's a minute difference because they sent einstein into the future one minute and einstein basically jumps out runs in the truck to get some treats because he's now high as fuck mhm he's got the munchies <laughs> but they actually do a great exposition dump here where they explain all of the tech of, you know, what it is, the flux capacitor, and blah, 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 blah. But oh, he says, he's like, okay, so if I want to see the, the declaration, the signing of the Declaration of Independence, he puts in the date. Or if I want to see the birth of Christ, he puts in the date. Well, yeah, that's going to take you to that time, but you're going to be in California. You're not going to be in Bethlehem, or you're not going to be in Philadelphia. Right. No, I mean, it is a time machine. It is not like a TARDIS. It's not a, you know, time and space machine. Is TARDIS, is that a Doctor Who thing? Yeah, TARDIS stands for Time in Relative Dimensions in Space. Well, I watched Doctor Who yesterday, and the TARDIS went five decibels through space. 
Nerd alert! <laughs> yeah. Uh, way ahead of you on that. So, okay. They talk about the idea of coming up with the flux capacitor, and he asks if it runs on regular gas. And that's where they talk about the whole thing of the, the necessity of the plutonium. Right. Is that le- plutonium the- that he has that he brings out? Is that does he have two cases of plutonium? It looks like he only has one case with about I don't know twelve canisters. But the the plutonium was still at Doc's lab because yeah, Doc has not was- been back there. Oh, okay. So well, I don't know. Was the case the same? Yes. Okay. Well, then maybe he did have two cases. But the time circuits require 1.21 gigawatts. Not gigawatts. Yeah. Yeah, he goes, it's, it's electrical, but needs a nuclear reaction to generate the 1.21 gigawatts. Do you know how many watts a gigawatt is? I would assume a million? A billion. A billion, okay. Billions and billions of stars. Okay. That's my, uh, that's my Carl Sagan. Yeah, Sagan. I was, I was trying to pull that. I just couldn't do it. Okay. So they reload the car, and that was my sound of the cli- sound of the week clip from a couple weeks ago, which I did not get. Yes, your clips are hard. You get your clips are hard. My next my next my next week's clip, you sh- I think you should get. Okay, but right. Doc says that he forgot to bring ex- extra plutonium, which is a plot point or and, underwear. Yeah, and he was going to leave his dog. Fuck this guy. Wh- why would he not take the dog? Because he could come back at any time to that. Same exact time, and technically he wasn't leaving the dog. But he, even if he was gone for three months, he still would have missed his dog, correct? Yeah, no, I mean, y- yeah. you have a dog, and yeah. and it, by the way, your picture on Facebook, at first I thought there was like a dog turd on the pillow, but it's actually a button, I think. Uh-huh. That's my <laughs> iPad pillow. So okay. I, when, when I, at night, when I sleep, when I go to bed, I put that pillow, that pillow sits on top of my chest. With the with that button, and then the little stand comes off of my iPad, and that the stand kind of fits underneath that button. So, D- yeah. does that double as your boner pillow? <laughs> I'm too old to get boners from watching porn anymore. <laughs> I have but- to think about it. <laughs> so, okay, so answer me this: Were they did they have the intention of doing the sequels, or was just this going to be a one-off? Actually, I, I did have this in my notes for later, but no, this was supposed to be a one-off. The okay. whole to-be-continued t- thing was kind of a joke at the end. They did not intend on having well, sequels. Well, no, that, no, that, that to-be-continued did not came come out until the, the VHS copy. Oh, I did not know that. But yeah, no, that there was, was not a plan for a second movie. Okay, so question for you. Top time travel movies. There's a gazillion of them out there. What are some of your favorites? Okay, so I have some honorable mentions first. Okay. In my honorable mentions, as I get up my notepad, uh, Star Trek four and nine, which would oh, be I didn't even, I didn't Voyage even think Home. about. I did okay. So, so, so is nine first contact? Yes. Okay. See, that's 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 in my top five. Okay. Primer. I've never seen Primer. Uh, d- don't watch it. It's confusing as fuck. Okay. Um, the Bill and Ted movies. I've not seen the new one. Okay. Nor have I. And then Groundhog Day. In Groundhog Day, there are so many variations of Groundhog Day, one of which is actually in my top five, but there is a great Groundhog Day movie, and I wish I could think of the name of it, but it is, I think, a Netflix movie, and basically, instead of going back to the to repeat the day when he falls asleep, he goes back to relive the day 
when he has an orgasm. It's a really, really clever film. Oh, yeah. It's called Premature. Okay. Yeah. It, it, but I really like that one. Yes. That's a good but, one. But my top five are Terminator 2. Not Terminator 1? Not Terminator 1. Okay. Uh, and, you know, s- several of these, actually four of the five are part of multiple film series. Okay. Uh, Hot Tub Time Machine. All right. Uh, this movie, Back to the Future. Okay. Uh, Deadpool 2. Okay. And Happy Death Day. I have not seen Happy Death Day, but you've told me, you have said I should watch it. So Happy Death Day is, in theory, a horror movie, but it's very much like Groundhog Day. It, it My wife hates horror movies, and I made her watch it because it is such a well-done film. And she's like, okay, you're right, I, I liked it. And then they did a sequel to it, which I did not see how they could possibly do a sequel to it. And the sequel is actually probably better than the first one. Oh, okay. And they're they're so good. Okay. All right. So my honorable mentions, uh, one that we did on this podcast, The Final Countdown. Okay. Uh, the first Bill and Ted's movie, uh, Frequency, with Dennis Quaid and... Um, John Cusack? No, not John Cusack. He's the guy that played Jesus in the Mel Gibson movie. Jim oh. Caviezel. Yeah. Jim Caviezel. Okay. Um and uh, Avengers Endgame. Yeah. But yeah, my top five, Back to the Future. Okay. The first the first Terminator. Okay. Star Trek First Contact. Okay. Twelve Monkeys. And... Okay, I've never seen that. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's 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 a mind fuck. And Looper. See, Looper was going to be on mine, but I figured you were gonna give me shit for Looper, so I pulled it off. <laughs> <laughs> Why would I give you a shit shit for, for Looper? It's it's not a movie that's really well respected, but I really I did like it. I, I, liked, I liked Looper a lot. A lot. And yeah. there's actually a great bit about Looper in Hot Tub Time Machine 2. Okay. I've so. only seen Hot Tub Time Machine 2 once, so I'm I don't have a whole lot of knowledge with that movie. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. You, so now so now Go ahead. Are you done done talking yeah. movies? Yes. So now here come the Libyans in the most stereotypical terrorist vehicle ever, a VW bus. <laughs> so most people associate like a VW van with deadheads. Yes. But for me, a VW van has always been a Libyan van. Absolutely. Even when I worked at Western Auto Parts and Service, uh, there was a, one of our service technicians had a newer VW van, and he referred to that as his terrorist Libyan van. Is that a micro bus? Is that what they're called? Maybe I'm not sure. Okay. Yeah, so, but they they you know so they pull up. There's a guy up on top that's got an AK-47, and the doc he's got this old timey <laughs> Western pistol, and just kind of drops it, puts his arms up, and pow, takes a couple shots right to the chest. Yeah, doc gets lit the fuck up. Yes, he does. And. You know, Marty screams bastard, and he runs around, and then Marty is basically dead to rights. The guy that's poking up at the top of the sunroof of the the bus has him in his sights, and he pulls the trigger, and... Nothing it's, happens. It's jammed. No. Yeah, which, I'm sorry, never happens with an AK-47. You could drag that gun by the, by the muzzle through shit and mud and rocks and sand and throw around in the chamber, and it'll fire every single time. Yeah, that was actually my question was, was that an AK-47? Which yes. I figured it was. Yes. There's a great bit in, um, what's the movie with Denzel Washington 
It's a Spike Lee movie where he's kind of like a negotiator in New York City where a bunch of guys take take over uh, a bank and then he's interviewing oh, all these people. Inside Man? Inside Man. And they're, as they're interviewing the, the people in the bank, the guy's like, yeah, th- these guys all had AK-47s. And he's like, how did you know it was an AK-47? He's like, if you've ever seen an action movie, you know what an AK-47 is. Have you ever seen the AK-47 uh, picture on the web? It's like a meme. Uh, maybe. I don't know. Basically, it, it is like they show 15 different things, some of which have, are guns and some of which are not, but every single one of them is labeled AK-47. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Kind of like the, the, the dangerous black rifle, the AR-15. It, it actually might be the AR-15. Probably an AR-15. Okay. Yeah, because that's, that's the one that has everybody in an uproar these days. So, But Marty gets in the DeLorean, and he is driving around, and as he goes around a curve... It drops from 80 to 30 on the speedometer awfully quick. Sure does. And he sees that a guy is actually has a rocket launcher. Yeah, he's got an RPG that he's going to shoot. And does he say, let's see if you guys can do 80? Let's see if you bastards can do 90. Okay. All right. not, Not having the wherewithal that going 88 is going to send him in time, yet... He is heading right for the photo island yes. and closes his eyes like, oh, I'm going to I'm going to hit this. So that part didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Now, so I think he knew that he, he was going to go back in time because he was constantly trying to push it forward to that 88 mile an hour threshold. Okay. I think the first time he accidentally hits the, the time circuits, but eventually he's like, yeah, I'm going to go back in time. I think it's an accident. I, I think I, I honestly think it's an accident. I think that that was a flaw in the movie. Do you remember having to take canisters of film someplace and get them developed, and it would take like three or four days to get your pictures? Oh yeah, ab- absolutely. I I worked at a couple places that developed pictures. Okay, such a thing in the past. I mean, we will, you know, we don't have a photo printer here at home because we're not huge nerds, but we'll take pictures from our phone and send them, you know via the internet to Walgreens and then have to go pick up pictures. But I, I, you know, unless you're a photographer, the, I think the days of taking a film canister to Walmart or a, one of those photo islands in the middle of a mall parking lot is long gone. Yeah. Most places there, you'd be hard pressed to find many places that actually will develop regular film anymore. Mm-hmm. And, for as far as printing stuff, usually the only time I I have stuff printed is when it's like large format, like eight by ten or larger. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I the last thing that I did that actually was smaller pictures was I did a collage for one of my wedding anniversaries. I don't remember which one. Whereas like I had hundreds of pictures and I put them into like this giant four foot by six foot collage that's on the wall in the hallway here. But for the most part, yeah, it, everything's digital. You're such a good husband, Matt. Your wife is just, she's just lucky to have you. Well, you know, you you, you do what you can when you don't perform in other areas, so. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, kapow! Marty's gone back in time. And then instantaneously, he, he crashes through the farmer's field and crashes into the barn. Right. And the people got out of that house awfully quick. Considering that they were way too old to have kids that young. Uh, maybe that, that's some kind of a cult. Perhaps. 
but the the young boy of that family has this comic book about aliens and marty is wearing his devo radiation suit right and the hood comes down and the kid shows it to his dad and his dad says you know he's already mutated into human form and the dad shoots at him and he's like take that you mutated son of a bitch and Marty gets back in the car, and he drives out, and old man Peabody, that's who it is, and that okay. is important, is shooting at him, and he mows down a pine tree on his way off the property. Why is that important? Were there three pine trees? No. Okay. You, I don't so know. You, you don't know? Okay. No. I'll, I'll explain it later. Just remember... Okay. Could you tell me where the nuclear vessels are? Oh, is this maybe at the end where in the beginning of the movie there was pine trees and at the end of the movie one of those pine trees was missing? No. You're, you're close, but you're not right. All right. So there's the totally cliche shot of the mailbox being shot and just exploding. Yes. And the car definitely is shown as stick here because when they show him slamming on the brakes and there are three pedals. So there's a clutch, a brake, and a gas. Which, you're not going to have a remote control for that car. No, exactly. But the reason Marty has stopped is he is at the entrance to the neighborhood he lives in in the present, which is Lion Estates, I believe. Yeah. And there's an old couple driving by, and Marty is trying to flag him down, and the old woman is like, no, 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 no. You think that old guy was getting some roadhead at that time? Maybe a handy. <laughs> Oh, trust me, Handy's come up later. <laughs> yeah. But uh, the DeLorean is dead. Yes. And so you have the time circuits is one thing, and then you have the car's electrical system, which is something different. They would be operating independently because they are on significantly different voltages. Well, so, yeah, I, I think it's just out of gas. It, oh, that's, is it, that, it, that's the only thing that would make sense because later on at the end of the movie when he goes back to the future... He's driving the car without plutonium. Yeah, but the car also doesn't want to start later. And it has a sound that is similar, if you've ever had a dead battery, to the... Okay. All right. But the car is dead, and Marty moves the car behind a sign that is advertising this new subdivision that's being built. It would be basically impossible for him to move that car by himself. Oh, they were heavy because it wasn't the, the, the whole thing about the DeLorean was it was a steel car or something. Yeah. 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 There's there's just no way. No way. Not, he, not, not five foot four Michael J. Fox. Even, I mean, even now he definitely wouldn't be able to, but even back then he probably wouldn't have been able to. <laughs> but he starts hoofing it to Hill Valley and Hill Valley is two miles away and he gets there and we are introduced to... 50s hill valley yeah there's a kid going on his little bouncy shoes down the sidewalk with his dad uh you see um four dudes at the texaco yep full station all the the while mr sandman is being playing and when i was a kid every single time that we went to a restaurant and they asked my dad how are you going to pay for this and he goes credit card Every single time, he would say, do you take Texaco or Phillips 66? (laughs) (laughs) That was his dad joke. That was my dad's dad joke. So, Mr. Sandman, I I know you, you will not have the same answer as me, but when you hear 
the phrase or the song Mr. Sandman? Does it make you think of a particular film? Um, it makes me think of Family Ties when who is the younger sister, the fat blonde one? That oh, yeah, I know who you're talking about because it was um, Alex Mallory, Keaton, Mallory, and then um, Jennifer. Was it Jennifer? Jennifer? Yeah. She and three of her friends were doing the song Mr. Sandman. Oh, I know that episode. And Alex, like, totally exploited them and took them, like, on a cross-county through Ohio uh, circuit. And it even was taking them to the men's jail to sing this particular song. So that's what I think of when I hear Mr. Sandman. I think of Halloween 2. See, it's, it's, it, it probably saw it once 35 years ago. Halloween 2, is, everybody says that Halloween is the best film of the Halloween series. I disagree. Halloween 2 is the better of the first two films. Beyond that, the, the quality goes down quite a bit. But Halloween 2 is so tense, and it takes place almost completely in a hospital, and it's really, really well done. Okay. But So there's a Reagan movie that is playing at the theater, which is important based on who's president. We see the record store. We see that the clock on the clock tower is working. And we also see the very cliche movie trope of Marty looks at the newspaper and he sees that it's 1955. But we also have a truck going through town that says, Re-elect Mayor Red Thomas. More jobs, better education, bigger civic improvements, and lower taxes. So basically, politicians in 1955 were just as big bullshitters as they are today. All right. So how many years did Marty go back in time? 30. Okay. How often are mayors elected? At four? Every four years. Yes. So this does not work. No, probably not. Because when he went back in time in 1985, Mayor Goldie Wilson was running for re-election. He goes back 30 years, and there is the same thing, except it's a different mayor. Since it is 30 years, that does not work. That is a flaw in this movie. Oh, see, math on this podcast is beneficial. Yes, exactly. <laughs> now, I, I, I never, and I obviously was not alive in the 1950s, but the whole life preserver thing, that always just didn't ring true to me because I never lived in a world that did not have kind of vests. Puffy vests? I have a puffy vest now. Are you wearing it right now? That, it's the only thing that I'm wearing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> So Marty goes into a the, the local coffee shop or soda shop, whatever it is, and he goes to use the phone, and he tears a page out of the phone book. And then he walks out, and he's asking questions while he was just holding the piece of paper that he torn out of the phone book. Wouldn't the guy working there have an issue with that? I was thinking the same thing, like, hey, you little asshole, what are you doing tearing pages out of the phone book? People need that. But... You know, Marty is asking where a particular address is, and this is what I'm assuming it's a soda jerk says to him. Are you going to order something, kid? Uh, yeah. Give me, give me a tab. Tab? I can't give you a tab unless you order something. All right, give me a Pepsi free. You want a Pepsi, pal? You're going to pay for it. Look, just give me something without any sugar in it, okay? Some of that sugar. So the guy whips out his cock. Yeah, yeah. Pepsi Free. That was like the first soda without caffeine in it. It was the first Pepsi soda without caffeine in it. Oh, okay. 
Because we've talked about tab ad nauseum on this no podcast. tab no tab was sugar free it only had one calorie just one calorie tab was sugar free Pepsi free was caffeine free you, you might be right yes. so the guy after Marty is done sucking him off gives him a coffee <laughs> and young Biff and young George are introduced okay would and, that be weird seeing your dad when he's a young man yeah I mean, especially just, now yeah, yeah. It's. I mean, I, I. Where I sit in my bar, I look at a. I, I've got two pictures across from me. One of my dad when he was eighteen, and then one when he was like in his thirties. And just to see him, you know, I've only known my dad having a beard. Uh, and in both of these pictures, he's got. What's his name? Roy. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry he's got these talk. thick black glasses and no beard and it's just i i don't even know if i would recognize them no i i don't know it and it is kind of weird when you think about you, you don't really until you're older think of your parents as people you think of them as your parents if that makes sense sure. but then when you have your own kids and you get a little bit older you you kind of remember some of that stuff that happened and you see kind of that human side of your parents and then you know if your parents get sick or whatever it's it, it it's a whole whole nother side of them that you never really saw before and you know like this week my dad had what i'd call like a really good week honestly i would not have known for the most part that anything was wrong with him this week and it is you know I, i'm so used to my dad being like this this strong-willed, loud person, and I, I've I've seen with with you know the brain cancer, it kind of remove his ability to do a lot of things, and it is it would be completely a mind fuck to see, you know, my parents or even older people I know in that that kind of way in, in at my own age, it would just be so weird. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, you know, my dad is obviously on the the downward slope of his age, going to be seventy nine in January, and to kind of see him, not so much hobbling along, but his age is catching up with him, and it's, yeah, I always looked at my dad even five years ago as just this powerful, strong, vibrant person, and now I see age catching up with him, and it's, it's an interesting concept. It's, I mean, it's. Well, you and I have had this conversation before that you know, I remember being at my dad's 40th birthday party when I was a little kid. And yeah. now I'm now I'm, you know, almost eight years older than him at, the, at this point in my life. And it's it's weird. I still feel strong and vibrant. You know, as you get to this age, you wake up and you have a weird pain there and a weird pain there. More times than not, it goes away after a day or two. Um, but I know, you know. Eventually, age is going to catch up with all of us. It's it's the only thing that's undefeated. That well, that and gravity. Yeah, no, it, it is. It, it's a weird thing, and obviously, your your situation, what's going on in your own life, kind of makes you think about things differently. And you see different movies and Spielberg movies, and this isn't a Spielberg movie per se, even though it's produced by him. Spielberg movies historically all have daddy issues in them. Is mm-hmm. there there's something you know going on between the protagonist and their their father figure, and 
you know, you look at it as time is finite for everybody, but that finitity, if you will, I don't know if that's the word or not, but how long that finite amount of time will be is very indeterminate for a huge period of time. And then when you, you see that, you know, something is coming, it, it changes your perspective on things. Sure. Absolutely. And, and I do not want to drag this podcast down or start crying myself. So we, we find out that George did or was doing Biff's homework just like he now does his reports. Right. And it's and he says he says to George, Biff does, that you gotta get that to me. I have to be able to, you know, rewrite your re, rewrite it. I can't hand in something in your handwriting. I'd get kicked out of school. You wouldn't want that to happen now, would you, George? And George hesitates. And he did the same exact thing when the same confrontation happened in the present time with TPS reports or something. Yeah. No, like I said, this movie is actually structured in the script. I'm sure the final script was very, very tight. And it has a lot of these things that are very similar, almost mirror images of each other in the different timelines. Sure. But did you see that Billy Zane is one of Biff's goons? Yes. I did see that. You know, Billy Zane, of course, of Titanic fame. Matt's favorite movie. I was going to pull, a, you know, a clip from there, but I, I decided not to because, trust me, we had enough clips for this film oh, as it was. Yes, yeah. But M Marty talks to his dad, and we find out that Goldie Wilson, the future mayor who is running for re-election in 1985, is actually working at this shop, and he tells George to stand up for himself. And... George ends up taking off, and Marty runs after him. Right. And Marty's looking for him, and he sees that George is up in a tree with a pair of binoculars, checking out some chick in her bra and panties. And he's like, my dad's a peeping Tom. Yeah, and then Marty gets hit with some shrapnel coming from the tree. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then, but George falls out of the tree. And Marty pushes him out of the way, and Marty gets hit. And this is the point where the timeline breaks. Right. So instead of George getting hit by the, the car, Marty gets hit by the car. Right. And he wakes up, and he wakes up to his mom's voice. Right. You know, something about safe back in good old 1955. And this scene is actually replayed almost verbatim in both part two and part three. Correct. Played by the same actress. Yes. Yeah. And the lights come on, and young Lorraine is looking good. Yeah. Yeah. She is a nine. Uh, I wouldn't even have to drink her into a ten. She's a definite nine. Yeah. She's only got one, one thing in the negative column for me, but it's still something that could be over overcome and very what's easily. What's she's, that? she's a little bit small. Oh come on! You know what? Yeah, I'm not a, I'm not an a guy. Okay. You know I'm. Well, I'm no, wait, hold on a second. Hold on a second. She gets naked in all the right moves. Yes. With Tom Cruise. Yes. She's is she small in that? She's an A. Okay. No, I'm I'm you know I, I'm dug on a good day in high school. I'm definitely a B plus guy. You know. Oh, dude. <laughs> on a good day. On a great day. <laughs> <laughs> but she is calling him Calvin. Right. And and we have this kind of clip that sets the stage for a lot of things. Where are my pants? Over there. 
On my hope chest? <laughs> Why are you calling me Calvin? Well, it's stitched all over your underwear. I've never seen purple underwear, Marty. And he asks her why she has that look on her face, and she says this. I swear to God you could drown a toddler in my panties right now. I mean, not that you would. (laughs) Is that Sarah Silverman? (laughs) No, that's actually Archer. Okay. But she talks about how his name, or Calvin, is written all over his underwear. And so she gave him a handy when he was in a coma, right? (laughs) Well, if she's looking there, if she pulled down... Yeah, she pulled down. And here's here's the thing. He's been asleep for nine hours. He's he's really, really concussed. He's lucky that he didn't wake up and throw up all over the place. Yeah, but if she's looking at his, his underwear, she's definitely taking a peek. Well, and I think, I think that if you get really bad, badly concussed, there's something called priapism that yep. occurs. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with what priapism is? Yes, I am. Okay. So, yeah, there's a very good possibility that she had to break the priapism. Yeah, it's a coma boner. <laughs> As opposed to a fear boner. Yeah. I actually saw fear boner online. Oh, did you? This, this week. Awesome. No, I was, I was reading this site. Um, it's called Text from Last Night. I don't know if you ever heard of it. No. Basically, it is a people submit text that they got or text that they sent and and it shows like the zip code and it, it's just funny things that people send to each other via text. And it's somebody said that he was like at a bar and he was getting stared down by this, uh, by this MILF and he's getting a fear boner just thinking of what she's going to do to him. <laughs> yeah. So he comes downstairs and, and Lorraine's mom asks, you know, wait, 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 just one second. Just one second. Okay. You're, right. you're, you're really close, but the mother, Lorraine's mother. So Marty's grandmother calls oh, yes. out to Lorraine and she's like, oh, shit, it's my mother. And she throws his pants at him, which knocks him over. But as he's putting on his pants, if you if you watch this scene, she gives him this look, this very thirsty look before she leaves the room. Oh, yeah, she's a very thirsty gal. And, and that's the thing about this movie that I didn't notice before is there's all these small, little, subtle things that come up constantly. That things like this, and there's a couple other things I'll mention later, where it's like almost everything is so intentional and it's so well planned out. Mm-hmm. But um, as you said, Marty goes downstairs now, and her, and his grandmother asks, "How long are you in port? And he, <laughs> are you in the navy?" And he goes, the "Coast Guard." And he's introduced to the rest of the family, including Joey, who is in the crib. Yes, and. Lorraine's brother. Did you recognize the guy who plays Lorraine's brother? He's he's got the coonskin hat on. Yes, I've seen that guy. He's been a bully in movies. Um, he's is he the older brother in um, the Wonder Years? Yeah, he plays Wayne on the Wonder okay. Years. All right, but Lorraine is thirsty, as we've mentioned before. Yeah, and, she grabs his thigh underneath the table. Yeah, but they've gotten their first television set. And Marty says something about how they have two television sets. And the mom says, oh, he's just kidding. Nobody has two television sets. And I'm thinking, yeah, I'm pretty sure Doug's family probably had two television sets. Um, not for a long time. Not until I was uh, nine or ten did we have a television set in the basement. But they're watching the same episode of I Love Lucy. No, it's not I Love Lucy. It's The Honeymooners. Honey, I'm sorry. You're right. Honeymooners. You're right. 
And Marty says, I've seen this one, and the whole concept of a rerun comes up. What's a rerun? And it, it's a it's a guy from What's Happening. <laughs> but his grandmother asks if she knows his mother. Uh, yeah, I think you probably do. And Marty is still trying to find out where Doc Brown lives based on the address he got from the page of the phone book he tore out. And he... And the dad says, well, it's over here. And Marty says something about, oh, is that right past John F. Kennedy Drive? When the dad says, who the hell is John F. Kennedy? Yeah. Yeah. So back in 1955, apparently it was okay to watch Screen at dinner. Now in my house, if my missus comes home and I've made dinner and both of my boys are sitting there with their iPads out and I've got my iPad out, oh, the dirty looks that we get. Yeah, that's uh, that's this thing that I've tried to pull off a couple times. It doesn't usually work too well. No. On a Friday or Saturday night, maybe we'll put a movie. We'll cast a movie to the TV. But, uh, yeah, she's not a big fan. But Lorraine wants Marty to spend the night, and sh- this is where she grabs his leg. And I'm mm. like, yeah, definitely, definitely. She gave him a coma tug. Sure. And the dad, Marty gets up, runs away, and the dad says, if you ever have a kid like that, I'll disown you. And I put two clips together, but this shows how well this film is crafted as far as like the resonance of start to beginning, you know, 85 to 55. So you're my Uncle Joey. Better get used to these bars, kid. Lorraine, you ever have a kid who acts that way, I'll disown you. It's, It's just two minor, almost throwaway lines, but they are so perfect for how this script works. Sure. And so now we get Marty goes over to Doc's house. and Which is a nice house. Yeah, it's a but nice in place. The, in the beginning, there is, while they're going through all the clocks, there is a framed newspaper clipping of Brown family estate burns down or something. Right. And that was probably an insurance scam. You think so? That I think that gets brought up somewhere in the second movie or something like that. I seem okay. to remember that for some reason. All right. But it's a very nice place, and he's got a dog. You know, so I, I, I like young Doc Brown immediately. Mm-hmm. Doggy. Yeah. And Doc is wearing something that looks like a metal umbrella on his head. Yeah, and he sticks the suction cup on Marty's forehead. Do you know what that suction cup actually is? Oh, what lie are you going to tell me now? No, this is actually true. Okay, I don't know. What is it? It's from a tube for a TV, the actual CRT tube, that that connects the the tube to the um, CRT gun. Okay. Nerd alert. (laughs) I wouldn't know that except for, like, arcade machines have similar things. All right. But, you know, there is a complete... Hold on. Hold on. While he's doing this, there's all, and Doc, he's got this big headset on, which is connected to this, like, big machine on a rolling cart. There is all kinds of smoke around them. Oh, that, that's, he, he was, he was, you know, he was lighting up. Taking, a, taking bong rips? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't have the bong clip handy, but yeah. No, no, Doc, Doc was smoking trees. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. But Marty tries to explain who he is, and Doc has nothing about it. And the way he tries to explain it at first is he gives a picture 
a, a current picture to Doc showing, look at, you know, this is my family. Her, her shirt says class of 85. You know, my driver's license, I haven't even been born yet. Yeah. Uh, and Doc's, Doc's like, all elaborate fakes that could be done. Really? In 1955, there wasn't Photoshop or anything like that. Yeah, the only time even close to that that those kind of elaborate fakes would have been done would have been the the pictures with uh, Oswald. But that's, you know, still eight years away. Right. I mean, a driver's license back in 1955, I guess we'll have to do this for housekeeping. Was it just maybe like a slip of paper? Oh, yeah. It was just cardboard. Yeah. Yeah. You wouldn't have a laminated, you know, driver's license with your picture on it. I don't even know if they had lamination in 1955. I'm, I'm doubting that they did. Sure. But Doc doesn't believe him, and he starts questioning him, and he says, who is president in 1985? Ronald Reagan. So let's say it's 1985. You are, if, if it's 1985, you're probably in seventh grade, sixth, seventh grade? Sixth grade. Yeah. Okay. Did you know who Donald Trump was then? No, I don't think I did. Okay. So, 1995. Let's say, okay, well, let's say Harrison Ford. Sure. Let's say, yeah, who's president? Harrison Ford. Well, yeah. who's, his, who, who's his first lady? Carrie Fisher? I'm trying to think who would be even better than Carrie. Well, Carrie Fisher, she'd, you know, definitely liven the White House up a little bit, you know, have that cocaine flowing. Right. But no, he well, he says Jane Wyman because... Reagan's Ronald first Reagan. wife. Yes. So... He finally convinces him, and how does he convince him that he actually is from the future? He talks about the flux capacitor and how he fell off the toilet hanging a picture and bumped his head. Right. So they go out to pick up the DeLorean, which is behind the sign for Lion Estates. And i got to say, Marty did really a shitty job. (laughs) Yes. Putting the trees on it. And, and the thing that Doc is happiest about is he's finally invented something that works. Right. So basically, he's the shittiest scientist ever. And for the next 30 years, is still the shittiest scientist ever. But they get back to Doc's house, and they hook up the beta cam to an old TV. I don't know how easy this would be to do. I would think that on the back of an old television, there is one connection and that's for the power cord because everything else would be through an antenna it's not like you're hooking up cable i can't imagine that there's any connectors or anything on the back of that thing yeah you it would be the antenna connection that i'd be going through which would require like an rf modulator and it is unlikely that that beta cam had that because that beta cam probably would have had rca connections Mm -hmm. it would have been a secondary market or add-on piece to actually be able to connect to VRF. So that is kind of unlikely. But Doc talks about how the atomic wars, that's why Marty was wearing the protection suit. And, you know, that... Nice. What? (laughs) I I thought I heard a fart. Nope, wasn't me. Okay. (laughs) But the beta cam at that time was Mm state-of-the-art. That camcorder was kind of like the shit at that time it would be the equivalent of an iphone from today being you know for somebody from 1985 okay yeah and he says no wonder why your president has to be an actor and carry around these portable tv studios yeah and when he fast forwards it and rewinds it pet peeve 
Yeah. That was one of my pet peeves that we list, listed many, many, many podcasts ago. Sure, sure. But then he freaks out. Doc freaks out about the, the fact that they need 1.21 gigawatts uh, of electricity. And he's like, how could I be so stupid? You would need a bolt of lightning to get that kind of power. Right. And what does Marty say to Doc about his chances for getting back to the future? Uh, I don't know, man. My only hope. Which is very similar to... You're my only hope. Yes. How many times in this podcast have you asked me a question and I say, I don't know, man. Uh, I don't know. Man. A lot. <laughs> but they say uh, uh, the, the bolt of lighting is required, and they talk about, and Marty has the, the, the piece of paper from the lady that cock blocked him with the clock, to- clock tower blue piece of paper that Jennifer wrote, I love you on. And there is a very meta moment here where Doc, for some reason, points directly at the camera. I have to get you. Back to the future. Next Saturday night, we're sending you back to the future. So, how, how many beers deep are you now, Doug? Uh, I'm on number three. Hold on. Not yet. Now I'm on number three. Okay. How about yourself? This is number five. Oh! <laughs> the back half of this podcast is going to be a shit show. Uh-huh. But you had mentioned how many times I I had asked you a question on this podcast and you said, I don't know, last week. And I know you won't go back and listen to it, but there was a segment during the podcast when you were asking me questions. I was like, "Uh uh-huh, 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 because I knew where you were going and I wanted to get you to that point so I could kind of spin the direction or the conversation in that particular direction. Okay. But so back to the movie. Doc well, says something. Go ahead. He says, "He says you can't leave the house or interact with anybody, Marty. Have you done that? Well, <laughs> not exactly. <laughs> yeah. And the, the photo is brought up, and this is the second time that the photo has been shown. And how does the, the photo show that the timeline is fucked? Well, his older brother, Jimmy Olsen, is starting to fade away. Right. And that was actually when Marty originally was trying to prove that he was from the future. He showed him the picture and he said, this is a terrible fake. You cut your brother's hair off. Yes, yes. And the the speed at which people disappear in that picture is very inconsistent over the course of the film. Yes. Because how, how long would you say he is in 1955 for? Uh, at that point, where he's at Doc's house? No, I'm saying total. I think it's a week. Yeah, but he's only been there probably a day, a day and a half. No, 12 hours. Okay, so he went- he, he's only been there 12 hours, and half of his brother is gone already? Yeah. yeah. So I'm saying the, the rate at which people disappear from that photo is somewhat inconsistent. Correct. I was thinking the same thing. So, so the next day, Doc takes him to school, and we find out that his dad was kind of a dork in high school. Yeah, there's a kick me sign on the on his on the back of his shirt. And, and who put the kick me sign on him? Was it Biff? No, it was uh, Kenneth from Camp on Me Love. Malachi. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But Strickland is giving George shit about being picked on, which is fucked up. 
Yeah, here here you are, a kid getting bullied. But you know, back then there wasn't this big stigma of being bullied. It was stop being a pussy, stand up to the bully, and, and get on with your life. It's your fault that you're weak. That's, right. That's that's what it was back then. But during this short time period, Marty realizes that he has taken his dad's place in the hit by canar canar hit by car scenario that which the doc refers to as a florence nightingale thing yes but wouldn't an old dude wandering around in high school kind of raise questions mm, sure maybe not back then eh, maybe i mean i guess but you know lorraine that's, i mean that's that sort of thing back then wasn't talked about yeah, I, Lorraine talks to Marty very briefly, and then she walks away, leaving a slug trail behind her. <laughs> yeah. And and Doc kind of sums up what is going on with the overall situation. Whoa, wait, wait a minute, Doc. Are you trying to tell me that my mother has got the hots for me? And an entire porn genre is born. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. So, but they, they they go into the cafeteria and and Marty sits down next to George and he's writing stories and this is something a part that of his dad that Marty never knew, right? He his dad is writing and he and he's writing science fiction, and as I'm watching this in 2020, as myself as a 48 year old guy, the thought that pops into my mind is, fuck, I'm George McFly. <laughs> Well, I will say this. Does your brother listen to this podcast? No. Okay. George McFly looks like your brother a little bit. I look like my brother, so I mean, I don't even know what to do with that. <laughs> no, no. You're, it's, see, I, I hear that all the time. Like, my two boys, they go, oh my gosh, they look so much alike. In my mind, no, they don't. They, they Yeah, there might be some very minor similarities in my mind's eye, uh, but... Some people are like, oh, they're identical. No, they're and, not. And, no, and people might say that about you and your brother, but there are definitely differences. Yeah. And you do not look like George McFly. <laughs> no, I don't look like him, but I have a lot of the same fucked up things. You walk but, around with the same flop sweat. <laughs> <laughs> but we, we, we find out that George has the same insecurities that Marty has. And I think this is somewhat of a bonding moment between the two of them, at least on Marty's side. Okay. And Marty is trying to get George to ask Lorraine to, to dance to the enchantment under the sea dance. But George says that he thinks that Lorraine wants to go with somebody else. Yeah. The guy who's being a little bit rapey with her. <laughs> My notes. Young Biff is a little rapey. <laughs> In the cafeteria at school. Gonna be a little rapey. Yeah. And we have this exchange here. Shut your filthy mouth. I'm not that kind of girl. I'm oh, thinking, yes, you are. Really? Why? Does she have a penis? <laughs> <laughs> and we do find out later, yeah, she is that kind of girl. <laughs> yes, she is. But Marty comes in to, you know, stick up for his mother. Do you think he's a stranger to fights? Do you think he's been in, in plenty of fisticuffs? He's five foot two. He, he's not beating up, you know, anybody. No, but little guys like that sometimes... Oh, yeah, they have little guy syndrome, little yeah. Napoleon complex. Right. Not all of them. Not Most of them don't, but some do. No, I, you know, I just don't see it with him He because he's so afraid 
of what people think that I don't think that he would take that step. Okay. But a fight almost does stop, or start, excuse me, but Strickland interrupts it. And during this time, George, as he is wont to do, runs away. Mm -hmm. And George tells Marty the reason he cannot go to the dance. What is the reason he can't go to the dance? He can't. He won't. Can't miss mystery science theater. Okay, I, I will give you. I, I don't actually know the name of the show, but he does not want to miss a science fiction TV show. I'm pretty sure it's mystery science theater. No, mystery science theater is actually a real show. Okay. No, I thought that was mystery science three thousand. It's mystery science theater three thousand. I okay. I don't. This is a the housekeeping thing. It's I don't know what the name is, but he doesn't want to miss his favorite TV show. Okay. And he said, nobody on this planet is going to change his, change his mind. And this is where, as you mentioned earlier, the whole Eddie Van Halen thinks, or Edward Van Halen thing comes in. Right, because Van Halen would not allow their music to be played in this movie. But I think Eddie actually laid this down just for this. I don't think it's Eruption. No, it's not Eruption. But Marty comes in wearing a radiation suit and his Walkman. And in this particular case, Van Halen equals alien. Yes. And did you see what he had as a gun? A hairdryer. Yes, a hairdryer. Yeah. And he says, I'm Darth Vader from the planet Vulcan. Which you, you have to think this is a universal film. Star Trek is a Paramount property. Um, it's produced by Steven Spielberg, so the Star Wars thing, George Lucas would have been fine with because him and Spielberg are buddies. But would they have to get clearance for that? Uh, I don't think so because they're just words. Yeah, I, I honestly don't know. But at this point, George is ready to ask Lorraine out, and Marty is having problems opening a bottle. Right, because he thinks it's a twist off. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I deal with twist-offs and non-twist-offs for this podcast every fucking week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if I can't twist it off, I realize that it's not a twist-off. I within, think, within 0.3 seconds, you realize it's not a twist-off. Yeah, yeah. So I, I found that part a little bit hard to believe. Mm-hmm. And Marty here breaks out some Cyrano de Bergerac shit. Yes. Am I going a little too deep for you there, Doug? I know who that is. Okay. So give me give me a Cyrano de Bergerac, de Bergerac movie. Uh, uh, Steve Martin, where he's the firefighter and has the really long nose. What the hell is the name of it? Yeah, that. I'll I'll, I'll give you credit for that. Okay. I, I can't think of it off the top of my head, but you are right. <laughs> yeah. So he he Marty has told George what he has to say, and then. Marty goes into the the restaurant or the soda place, whatever, and he says, "This is and this is probably actually one of the more famous parts of Back to the Future as far as quotes is concerned. I'm George, George McFly. I'm your density. I mean, your destiny. And at this point, Lorraine seems somewhat interested. Yeah, she's... I, I think her interest is peaked. You know, she's yes. not like full floodgates, but, you know, the dams are, you know, filling up at so, that point. So the whole destiny density thing, I dated a girl and there's no illusion about it. She was not a smart person. Mm-hmm. And she said that to me. 
that it was our density to be together. And I, looking back at it, I don't know if she was quoting Back to the Future or if she was really just that stupid. I, you know, I, I've never dated anybody that was really aware of different cultural things as far as like being hip to like what is is known in 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 just in popular culture and it, it, it when was this i mean was this high school or uh early college okay so it would have been in 92 that, that would have been you know that's seven years later mm-hmm. but and you know there's no internet or actually that's not true. actually 92 there's there's no readily available internet Correct. At, at that point uh, you know I, I i don't know i don't know the person and i i'm sure over the course of time i i dated some some dumb people i i, I really don't know i mean they dated me how fucking smart can they be <laughs> but i i've never dated anybody that i actually knew for sure this is not an intelligent person so so here's a question for you just to and honestly I don't give a shit because I know that people have told me that this is the part of the podcast they actually like is when we go off on these tangents or non sequiturs lots of is, squirrels yeah exactly have you ever been at a wedding other than mine and said yeah this is no way this is going to fucking work oh yeah so we were at a wedding uh, with friend of show Chris and his wife, and they are... Hi, Christopher. Happy birthday. How are you now? Oh, I, almost have... pulled it, I almost pulled it off the soundboard. Wait, 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 you said one in a long time. With his, with his now ex-wife and my missus and I, and we went to this wedding, and this wedding, the guy who I was friends with actually cheated on his bride multiple times. Oh, yeah. And... While we were sitting there, the four of us were sitting at this little table outside. The bride came up, and she's talking, and she tells my missus, she goes, I, I can't believe that I married him. There's no way that this marriage is going to last. <laughs> and we were all just kind of sitting there, nodding our heads like, uh-huh, yeah. You know, that that is not the story I thought you were going to tell. Oh, okay. But, what, what was the story you thought I was going to tell? I... I you didn't tell it, so I'm not going to go into it because it's not my story to tell. I'll okay. tell my own. I'll tell my own though. Okay. So I have two. There was um, first of all, there's my brother. My brother's been married twice, mm-hmm. and uh, my brother is quite possibly the smartest person I've ever met. He's way smarter than me, and I, I'm not stupid. I'm 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 not nearly as smart as him, but he's like off the charts smart. And his ex-wife, now his first wife, who. By the way, I adored. I thought she was a great person. She was super sweet. I met her. Yeah, she's dumb as shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and that doesn't make her a bad person at all. And it's it's just a thing. We knew, we looked at it, and we said, this is going to be a problem because there was such a delta between how he was and how she was that it was going to be an issue. And it did become an issue. And that, that was one, not the only, but one, one of the reasons why they ultimately end up getting divorced. And then... There was this other girl, this girl I worked with, and this girl was freaking smoking hot. I mean, she was one of the hottest people I've ever seen in real life. And she she worked for my wife, and she actually worked with me on this one project. 
and we went to her wedding. Or actually, we didn't go to her wedding. We went to her wedding reception. And there was no way it was going to work. And I think they were married a month and a half before they got divorced. Hmm. And I, I just remember, it's like, she, we had this deployment that we were working on and I was basically working as I oversaw this call center for software deployments at the time. And she showed up at this deployment at like one o'clock in the morning because we were doing an overnight deployment and she was just bombed when she <laughs> showed up and she was like almost falling over this chair and she had this lace thong that was sticking out of the back of her jeans. Oh, the whale tail. Yeah. And I'm like, please, please. Just go home. <laughs> Nothing good can come of this. You're not in a position, and trust me, it's not good. Just, just go home. So, yeah, th- that is a thing where I- I've seen it happen before. Okay. All right. Okay, so... Um, Biff, Biff comes in yeah. and completely buddy fucks George. <laughs> I had it. It started, starts bullying, but yeah. Yeah. But Marty... Steps in, sort of. How does he step in? He trips him. Yeah, he trips him. And then in a scene that's repeated in both of this, in all three of the movies, this one and the two sequels. Yeah, Biff stands up and is and it's just kind of like he just grows. Yeah. And he's, he's towering over Marty. Foot and a half taller. Mm-hmm. Uh, tr- trivia point is um, the guy who actually plays Biff was actually not the first choice. And he was actually brought in because Michael J. Fox is taller than the original person who was supposed to play Marty, which is hard to believe. And it was a question of – no, I'm sorry. That, that's wrong. The The original person who was supposed to play Marty, he, they were afraid that the person that played Biff was not that tall enough, more – wasn't taller enough, wasn't – Fuck. Come on, you can yeah. do it. You can do it, Matt. You can do it. Was it James Woods? No. <laughs> Are you sure? I thought James Woods was supposed to play Biff. No, I don't think it was James Woods. But I'm serious. He, he wasn't tall enough compared to Eric Stoltz. Eric Stoltz, correct. And then they just kept the, the same guy in the role, which is why he towers over Marty so much. Mm-hmm. But and actually, he, the guy who plays Biff was bullied as a kid and took a lot of that experience and put it into his character. And Marty runs out after tripping Biff. And Hold on. No, no, no. He says, hey, Biff, what's that? And he punches him. Okay. What, and that's the thing that comes up once again in both of the sequels. Yeah. The thing is, with a bully, you just can't punch a bully and then stand there and go, okay, now what are you going to do? You And I teach my kids this. Well, my oldest. But, you know, I teach my oldest that we don't start fights, but we finish Finish them. You finish them. You don't want to be in a fight no matter what. You try and talk your way out of it. You try and walk your way out of it. But if you have to fight, you punch and you punch and you punch until that son of a bitch is down. That's how you fight a bully. You And it's because so many people, and you see this, is I'm just going to punch him once. And it, it, that, that classic scene from Dazed and Confused where Adam Goldberg mm-hmm. says, you know, I, oh, you know, I'm going to go get that guy. And I'm going to punch him. And at these sorts of, sorts of situations, somebody always steps in to break up the fight. The fight always gets broken up. And he goes and he punches the bully and then just kind of stands there and he gets his ass kicked. Because nobody comes in and stops the fight. You, I teach, try and teach him punch, 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 punch until that guy goes down. Yeah. So, anyways, 
Marty yeah. did not follow that practice. Yeah. So when my youngest was playing flag football, they were in a game, and there was this one guy who was just huge. He was like a big freaking guy, and he was bowling people over, and he was throwing people to the ground, and they were between quarters, and I walked over to like the sideline where the coaches were, and I, I went up to my son. I said, you know what? You put that kid on his ass. You knock him down. You knock him down, I will give you a hundred dollars. <laughs> and and he said, That's against the rules. And I said, I do not care. I don't care if you get thrown out of the game. You go and you knock that kid on his ass. And, and? he did. he didn't. He he didn't. No. He he would today. The same kid, the kid that was like so nice and innocent when he was really super young. Oh yeah, he would do it and he would just be like yeah, if I if I punch him when I do it, can I get two hundred? He'd be figuring out a way to negotiate it up. He'd be like Stewie on steroids and <laughs> Hey man, where's my money? Where's my money, man? Where's my money? <laughs> Is he beating Brian up? Yeah. <laughs> uh, housekeeping for next week. Yeah. But More family Ma- guy. Yeah. Marty runs out and he makes a makeshift skateboard and as as kind of a callback for us, I don't know if you noticed, but Marty is wearing chucks. Yes, he is. And Biff gets in his car, and he is driving after Marty. And yeah, trying try, trying to commit murder, basically. <laughs> Where are the cops in this town? Oh, that comes up later. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Marty escapes, and he escapes by he basically is between Biff's car and another car, and he kicks the makeshift skateboard underneath the car, runs through the car, and gets back on it on the other end. And then the car slams into a dump truck that is full full of cow manure. Yes. Why would a truck full of shit be downtown anywhere? <laughs> that's, that's a great question because I have that in my notes as well. And <laughs> so after this happens, George's attempts have kind of gone awry because Lorraine has this to say. Where does he come from? I don't know, but I'm gonna find out. Yeah, the heavy breathing. She's she's coming right there. <laughs> yeah, she's like, uh, or she's or she just came. Yeah, she's done. Yeah. She, she's got to get like that post orgasm nap in. Yeah, she's she probably went outside and lit up a heater. Yeah, I, I have my nose. She's just drowning. Uh huh. But Marty goes back to Doc's place, and Doc is watching the tape. Over and over and over again, up until the point where it stops, which is before Doc gets shot. Correct. And Marty wants to tell Doc about what happens, and Doc says no. Yeah. No, 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 Marty, Marty, we can't know our own destiny. And, you know, Doc has figured out a way, based on when the lightning strike happens, to actually be able to send Marty back to the future. And this is probably my favorite personal line, and a line I've used multiple times in my real life, which makes no sense, but he talks about the model he set up. Oh, and you've used that already in this podcast. I have? Yes, yes. I don't know when it was, but you've used it in this podcast. Oh, not this podcast. This podcast as a whole. Correct. Okay, I thought you meant like this specific one. I'm like, no. Okay. No. Please excuse the crudity of this model. I didn't have time to build it to scale or to paint it. 
<laughs> I don't know why that cracks me up so much, but it does. It's just so clever because he went to all this time to to just build this almost perfect mock-up of the town. And it has a wristwatch as the clock on the clock yes. tower. Yeah. And he, they explain how they will use lightning to to channel the energy into the flux capacitor and how that's going to send Marty back. And as they're going through the demo, the toy catches on fire. Yeah. And the, 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 the noise that Doc makes. Oh! <laughs> but it, it catches some paint rags on fire. Uh-huh. And, and Doc grabs an old-time fire extinguisher and, you know, is like doing the pump motion to put yeah, it out. It's basically just compressed water. That's all it is. And then who shows up at Doc's place? The whore. <laughs> That's what you called uh, Phelps last week. Yes. Yes, it is. But Lorraine shows up and she asks Marty to the dance. And Marty is trying to kind of push it back towards George. He's like, what about George? Well, he's cute and all, but... And Marty has to change plans. And as Lorraine is talking to Marty, Doc is basically doing the opposite of a cock block. He is removing his exit area so that he is forcing Marty to be right next to Lorraine when she's having this exchange. Right. But now Marty has to go and explain to his dad, George, what the new plan is. Yeah. And he's like, hey, come on, dad. Uh, dad Daddy-o. <laughs> it's like, please cock block me. <laughs> yes. And he, what does he tell George that he has to say? Hey, you, take your goddamn hands off her. No, I think it's hey, you son, is it hey, you son, get damn hands, not goddamn hands. And, and George, George is like, do you think it's really necessary to use profanity? He's like, goddamn it, yeah, it is. Yeah, well, it's funny, in, um, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou, when George Clooney is trying to get some Dapper Dan at this little general store, and he's just, and it's, everything is two weeks, and he's just like, this place is a gosh darn, Geographic oddity. And the, the clerk is just like, we don't need to use profanity here. So. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the plan is that George will punch Marty out and then Lorraine will love him. And there is this great bit where George is hanging laundry on the laundry line and he's got this bra and he doesn't know what to do with the bra. <laughs> right. And that is a big ass bra. Yes, it is. I don't know how I would have dealt with the lingerie or whatever you'd call it, the underwear of, of the 50s. Well, it's gigantic. I well, mean, it, it has to cover those giant bushes, though. Right. Right. The Sharon Mitchell bushes. <laughs> <laughs> We've got so, a bush. So when we do laundry... Um, in our house, like I said, we do all of our socks and underwear, all collectively, all four of us, you know, in one load. And then we try and do all the pants together and all the shirts together. And then usually the two boys and I will sit down and we'll fold it. We try and, you know, minimize my missus's workload because she already has a workload because she's a working mom and she tries to do everything because that's what working moms do. Um, and so I will try and gather the troops and say, okay, come on, let's fold it. So when we're doing the, the socks and undies, the kind of the running joke is, is that, you know, when we get to my missus's G-strings, we'll fling them at each other. 
<laughs> and the boys think it's pretty funny to, to fling a pair of undies at me, and I'll do it right back at them. Is that wrong? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. You think so? No, are, are, no. are, are they actually G-strings or are they thongs? Yes, no, they're G-strings. My missus doesn't wear anything but G-strings. Right, so... Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Dog heard G-string. He got all excited. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, um, so, Doc is downtown, and he is setting up the electrical stuff for the light- lightning strike. And he is excited of what he will do in the future, because he knows that something that he will invent works, which gives but, him something to go forward with. But first, Marty is writing a letter. The letter no, to Doc? No, it's actually right after this. Oh, okay. All right. Because Marty is torn, because he wants to tell Doc that he will get shot. And then he goes into, like, a cafe or something, and he writes him a letter. Right, and it's and it, he he uses the word terrorist, but then and I have in my notes. Well, would Doc even know what that means? But then he writes on the envelope, "Do not read until 1985." And a cop shows up, and the cop asks, "What's going on?" It's like, "Oh, I'm doing some electrical experiments," and he asks if he has a permit for this. And yes, he does. He does have a permit for it. What is that permit? I have. I don't know. No, I, I've seen this film probably at least 30, 40 times. I never noticed this before. Doc bribes the cop. Oh, he does? Yeah, you see him going to his wallet and giving him money. Okay. And as the Doc is bribing the cop, Marty puts the letter in Doc's pocket. Yes. And now we go to the dance, and George is dancing at the dance. And he has, uh, Crispin Glover that is, he has a hilarious dance that he does in Friday the 13th, the final chapter, which I'm assuming you've never seen. Uh, no, I have not. I don't think I've ever seen any Friday the 13th movies from beginning to end. I actually saw at least one Friday the 13th movie with a Packer legend, so I have that going for me. And who was the Packer legend that you saw the movie with? Dorsey Levins. Ah, okay. Hey there. So, hey now. <laughs> uh, the, the only Halloween movie that I've seen from beginning to end is the one with the masks that like, Halloween 3, Season is of the that, Witch. Is that what it is? Yeah. Five more days till Halloween, Halloween, okay. Halloween. Five more days yeah. to Halloween, Silver Shamrock. There, That's I it. sang again. Fuck it. Okay. okay. <laughs> so Marty and Lorraine pull up in a car, and Marty asks if she minds if they park for a while. And she says yes. Yeah. And suddenly the plan is is going amiss. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's... it's <laughs> I remember... No, I'm not even going to tell that story. But, Come on. No, 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 no. You got to now. So I was... I'd probably been in Columbus for less than a year. And I had this buddy that I went... We went out every weekend drinking. And I had met this girl. And this girl and this guy just hated each other. And the whole thing was she wanted to be, she wanted to like have a serious boyfriend. She wanted to find somebody that she could settle down with. And I was 25 at the time and she was great. I mean, she was, she was a cool chick, whatever, but I was not ready to be in like a super serious thing. I was not looking towards marriage. I didn't know how long I was going to be in Columbus. And my whole thing was I'm going to go out with her, but I am going to, Basically, I'm going to screw up her plan. And the way I was going to screw up her plan was I was going to purposely 
not bring rubbers with me. And then mm-hmm. if my buddy was there at the bar, because we always went to the same bars, he would be able to like pull me back in. And so we're at this bar and we're, we're dancing and we always went to like dance clubs. And she's like, oh, hey, you want to go back to my house? I'm like, oh, I'm having a good time. She's like, I really, really want to have sex. And I said, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I don't have any condoms. And she's like, I I do. Oh. And I'm looking around. It's like, where the hell's my buddy? Where the hell's my buddy? <laughs> <laughs> to kind of pull me out of this. And he wasn't there. So I was forced to go home with her and have sex with her. So it's poor, poor man. <laughs> you poor, poor man. She, yeah, it's, it, go ahead. She was... She was a really cool chick. There's one thing that was weird about her, though, and this is the thing that's always stuck with me. Is <laughs> that's not unique for me. So no, she she would take her bra off during sex, but then she put her bra back on to sleep in. But you told me about this girl, didn't you? Date this girl? Yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah, this is this is the breakup story, girl. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Love you, Judy. Wherever you are. All right. Okay. okay, so so yeah, the, the dancing at this dance, it's so timid compared to today's standards. Oh, yeah, there's no twerking. There's no backing that ass up. None no. of that stuff is happening. No, there's no there's no singing about that wet-ass pussy. <laughs> but just back it up for just a second here. Uh, after Marty asked... Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's enough. Mar- After Marty asked if she minds if they park for a while, she says yes. And she's drinking. And she says, anybody who's anyone drinks. And I don't know how high school is today. But my my one son who's active in sports, he says that all of the sports of my high school must have been awful because he knows that we drank in high school. And if we drank, we couldn't have been good at sports. Oh, I totally agree. Drinking is awful for your body, especially at that age. I would have to think that kids today, if they're serious about athletics, are not drinkers. Because I know for a fact that the class that I graduated in, class of 91, that football team, more than half of them were heavy drinkers. Oh, yeah. Uh, and all everyone that was a heavy drinker smoked. Sure. But I would assume that that is the norm. You you have your football players, and I would assume that even today, most of them drink and smoke and do whatever. I don't know. What does your son say? He says no. Okay. And he, I mean, he wouldn't lie to me about that, but he wouldn't necessarily know. Yeah, I also think that it's probably more difficult to get your hands on alcohol today than it was 30 years ago. Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah, I mean, that's probably true. You know, because there was a place that we used to go in Genesee Depot where I showed her my bad ID once, and I never had to show it again. And I was 18, and we would just go in there and buy alcohol, buy the caseload. Wow. No, I, I know we had one guy in our group of friends that was kind of like our go-to guy to be able to buy booze. And I think he would go out to someplace in Okachi to buy beer. Okay. I don't know. I, I'm not, you know, my go-to place was, was Genesee Depot. No, this was the guy who recently stopped going on canoe trips regularly. I, why can't I remember who you're talking? Oh, that guy. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Egg Fu. Yeah. Okay. Because he used to, you know, 
piling the, the Lamborghini and somehow mm-hmm. he would go out. Anyway, never mind. So, but she says she's, something she's, about. She's, she's drinking. And then, and then she, she lights up as well. Yeah. And he, he spits out his alcohol and he's like, Jesus Christ, you smoke too? So this girl drinks, she smokes, and she's okay with parking. And I'm thinking, Right up my alley. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and now we go into the dance itself, and the band is playing. And both my wife and I had the same thought, is it would be very progressive to have an all-black band playing at a high school in 1955. Oh, absolutely. And we go back to the car where they are parking and. In my notes, so I, I can't be blamed for this because it's just what is in my notes, so I have to read it. It says, Lorraine's tits are just great looking. Mm-hmm. Well, she's wearing those one of those pointy dresses. And she tries to kiss him, and she says that kissing you is like kissing my brother. Right. Right. But the band... So, that's how it is in their family. <laughs> but prior to that, the band... The band says, we're going to take a break. But before they take a break, the lead singer says, excuse me while I whip this out. (laughs) Okay, I don't have that Blazing Saddles reference. I was going to pull that clip, and I'm like, I'll just say it. So Biff shows up instead of George and pulls Marty out of the car. And he says that he caused $300 of damage to Biff's car. What would be your guesses to what that is in 2020 dollars? Oh, 300 I'm going to say $4,400. Okay, let me go back one page. I think. Oh. $2,909 in, okay. in $2020. That's a lot of money for somebody who's in high school that doesn't have a job. Yeah, that's, that's a nice chunk of change. And mm-hmm. We get a nice look down Lorraine's dress at this yes. point. Yes. <laughs> and then Biff gets rapey again. You know, just a little bit. Uh, and and his, his henchmen take Marty and they talk, toss him into the band's car. Or into the band's trunk. Right. And for the second time in this movie, we have people that are hotboxing a car. <laughs> right. Well, and what, so what do they call the, the band? Oh, I have no idea. Oh it's, no, I'm I'm not going to go into. Yeah, I know what you're saying. No, I'm not going to repeat that. It's a it's a bad word. Yeah, it's a bad word. And but then they say, hey, 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 we don't want to we don't want any trouble from you, reefer addicts. He might have been insane when no. he did it. No, he wasn't. He knew what he was doing. Under the influence of the drug, he killed his entire family with an axe. A reefer smoker. The next tragedy may be that of your daughter or your son or yours. 1938's Reefer Madness. That's why I'm so glad I didn't get messed up in that Reefer Madness stuff. Yes, the Reefer was some bad stuff. <laughs> but the the keys are locked in the car with Marty. And on the other side, George runs to the car where Biff is trying to rape Lorraine, ready to do his acting, and he finds out it's Biff. Yeah, but he's like, hey, you get your damn hands off of her. And then there's Biff, and Biff says, get lost, McFly. And Lorraine's like, George, George, help me, help me. Yeah, and Biff says that 
I think you have the wrong car, McFly. And George grows a pair. Mm-hmm. And tries punching Biff. And it doesn't work out too well for him. No. No, he grab he basically puts him in a arm, arm lock. Um, but yeah, this is right now, and I, I got shivers up and down my spine during this whole exchange where he has this life-changing event. He, you know, clenches his fist and Biff is laughing as he's about to rape Lorraine. What what is the thing that really pushes George over the edge? Uh, I don't know. It's when he push it when Biff pushes Lorraine to the ground. Oh yes. And that's when he he curls his his hand up into a fist and I'm doing it like you can see it for some reason. I am too. And he does it with his left hand and with one punch, he decks Biff, and it's like Friday night win. Saturday night trim. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. See, that's almost like we planned it, Doug. Yes. And the the band gets Marty out of the car, out of the trunk of the car, but in doing so, the guitarist slices his hand open. Right. Marvin Berry slices his hand open with the, with the screwdriver. And he's like, that's it. Dance is over. Unless you know somebody else that can play guitar. <laughs> Cut to ring as Marty is playing at the band. And See, that, that song right there reminds me of the movie 12 Monkeys. Yeah, which, once again, you have, not, haven't seen it. Oh, I cannot believe you have not seen that movie. It's I have great. some incredible gaps in my movie knowledge. I mean, I've seen every shitty movie out there, but there are some that I've never seen. Yeah, it's so good. It's so good. But more of Marty's picture is missing, and he has the picture actually on his guitar so he can watch it. Kind of like Eddie Van Halen with a cigarette in his guitar. Yeah, it's going to give him cancer. Uh Uh-huh. No, 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 Eddie Van Halen got that cancer from eating pussy. (laughs) He says it's from, uh, who is he, Michael Douglas? No, he said he got it from his, uh, his guitar pick. His guitar pick? Yeah, that's what he says. That's what he blames is his guitar pick. I don't know. How well, he that... doesn't blame it anymore. No, of course not. But how do, okay, how do you feel about eating pussy? I'm I'm in favor of it. Okay, but okay. So a celebrity dies. Somebody mm-hmm. that you're fond of. Do you a post something on Facebook? B keep it to yourself and be sad, or C you just don't give a shit because you never knew that person personally. So it, it really depends. Um, no, like look at like Lucas or Spielberg. Mm-hmm. Both both of them are up in years. Both of them probably will shuffle off the mortal coil at some point in the next decade. Um, both of them unintentionally had huge impacts in my life, and I probably would post something about that. You know, Eddie Van Halen. There is the first concert I ever saw was was Van Halen. Was so, that with Hagar or David Yeah, it was Roth? with Hagar. I never okay. saw them. I saw David Lee Roth a couple times, but I never saw David Lee Roth with Van Halen. Okay. And, you know, it, it is a thing where it, it sucks, but, I mean, they have not put out any new music in a decade anyway. Right, right. And I look at it as, at our age, enough people we know are actually dying that to give weight to a celebrity that 
made a movie or a song or whatever is kind of whatever. I might post something on Facebook, but it's 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 not going to do anything more than give me like slight bit of pause. Yeah, I, it's I mean even like when Bart Starr lot died, who I had a personal experience with Bart Starr, it was like, okay, he died. You move on. Um, I guess I have a, an interesting relationship with that. That there's maybe only a couple of people in my life that if they died, it's going to really, really affect me in a serious way. Uh, I mean, you know, I love my parents, but you know, if they, like you said before, slide off the mortal coil, I don't know how much that's going to affect me just because of my upbringing and everything that's happened to me in life. And I guess I just kind of look at celebrities as, you know what? Hey, yeah, great. They were there to entertain me, but they didn't care about me, and I never met them personally. So I'm I'm not going to have this real big emotional tribulation that I see some people having on Facebook. Hey, and more power to you if that's if that's how you feel. No, that's, that's fine. How you want to if you want to express yourself. I was just curious how you no, felt about those no, sorts of things. I, I mean, think about it from this perspective. You know, let's say you die, right? Me? Yeah. Okay. You are going to get a huge kettle moraine attendance at your funeral, right? Because I don't know, maybe you're you're in Heartland, you know, Uh you're local. Okay. I die. I pull maybe ten, fifteen people from kettle moraine if I'm lucky, because that's a that's a travel for them. Yeah, Wilson. Wilson and I will drive down together. (laughs) Like we did for your wedding. Yeah. No, and, and and I don't begrudge people that. I mean, I think of there are funerals that I've been to for people from our classes that have died that I would not have gone to if I was not local. And oh, there's sure. there's funerals that I have gone to or I have not gone to that I would have gone to if I was local. And mm-hmm. you know, I look at it as okay, so we have say say ten people that go on our canoeing trip, right? Mm-hmm. D- just roughly. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's not that I don't like or don't care about the people that are on that trip. You are probably the only person who I would drive up for their funeral. Mm-hmm. And honestly, of that entire group, I would be surprised if anybody made that trek down to Ohio <laughs> for my yeah. funeral. Yeah. So, Probably, yeah, probably just me. Maybe, maybe friend of show TJ. You know, I was, I wouldn't have picked TJ as, as the number one option because he's the one I know the least of all of them. But it is. TJ stands for. I'll, I'll use it because it's like I'm not using it in feedback. Yeah. <laughs> no. Jagger. No, I've just shamed TJ into going to your funeral when you die. <laughs> Uh, spoiler alert, my ashes are actually being spread in, in Wisconsin, so you can save yourself a trip. All right, there you go. Okay, so um, the, we're at the dance, and now George and Lorraine are together, and Marty is playing up on stage, and the guy from Camp I Me Love cuts in, and Marty starts to fade out. Mm-hmm. And it, it makes sense because somebody shit on his house. Right. You shit up my house, man. I don't have that clip. That is some bad special effects. Yeah, the, the, the fading hand thing, yeah. that is definitely porn could do better than that now. But I mean, sure. you anybody could do better than that with just a regular home computer. 
Sure. But George comes in after Malachi tries to take over Lorraine, and he shoves his ass to the ground. To the mat, my friend! <laughs> and yeah. and they kiss, it, yes. and that restores Marty, and he is able to bounce back up after struggling on the ground. Right. And he's got to go, and Marvin Barry's like, no, 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 man. Come on. You got to do something. You got to do something that really cooks. Yeah. And Marty plays Johnny Be Good. Mm-hmm. And people are talking to George about how great he is and, and all this stuff. And somebody he, says, you should run for class president. <laughs> and uh, Marvin Barry has a phone call he makes. John, John, it's Marvin, your cousin, Marvin Barry. You know that new sound you're looking for? Well, listen to this. And I actually forgot two things I meant to ask you earlier. Okay. And the first one was, it was just 15, 20 seconds ago. Did you ever kiss a girl during a school dance? No. I squeezed a butt during a, a school dance. Like, like, seriously, just like squeezing it over and over and over again during an entire song. And it was probably the hardest I've ever been. But that was in eighth grade. Okay. And then back when they were actually in the car and they were fooling around. So have you ever had sex in a car? No, Matt. I have not had <laughs> sex in the car. I've done everything else but have sex in the car. Just going to ask that question every time uh, it possibly comes uh, up. So all these people like talking up to George and stuff. I, Biff must have been just the scourge of this school. And everybody was afraid of him and his little posse. And for one nerd to take him out... It's, it must have been a big deal. Yeah, but would that have been sustainable? Would Biff having been take out, taken out, would that have been a permanent thing he's kind of been put in his place? Or would that have been a one-off thing where a week later he's back to being Biff the Badass? Yeah, I, yeah probably back to being Biff the Badass. And, you know, I I don't think necessarily I was bullied in high school per se. But I can think of people who intimidated me in high school. Mm-hmm. Did you did you run into that at all? Sure. Sure I did. I mean, nobody in my class, but um, definitely the class above me. Okay. And I know myself, I was told much later in life that I was a bully. And first of all, I find that incredibly hard to believe because I couldn't, you know, beat shit when I was <laughs> in high school. But I do feel bad about the fact that some people felt that way. And I, I know one person specifically told me that I was a bully. And I, I do heart felt with complete sincere honesty feel bad about that. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think of some of the things that I did. I wouldn't say that I was a bully, but I was probably a dick several times. But there were a couple of times, a couple of instances where I was afraid um, and changed my habits because of that. Like which so, way you walk to class, or yeah, exactly, yeah. So and that was from that, and that was from a dude in your class, and then a couple of dudes in my class. But they they were, I mean, one was freshman year, one was junior year, and I had to change my habits. No, I, I, I mean, I, I think I was probably lucky in that I was insulated enough by other people that I didn't run into it a lot. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I know 
when I was on the varsity basketball team, for example, my junior year, there were people on the same team that were seniors that scared the shit out of me. Hmm. And you know, one of them was the son of a vice principal at middle school and okay. the teacher at you know the high school. Okay. So interesting. But the whole thing with the Marvin Berry, do you think they had to get permission from anybody Chuck. to do that? From no. Chuck Berry? I don't think so. I mean they probably had to pay royalties for the song. Well, they definitely had to pay royalties for the song, but given who he is and when he wrote that song, he probably wasn't getting paid for it anyway. No, I'm sure it was the writer um, or whoever he sold the rights to. So, But Marty does a crazy guitar solo, and mm-hmm. it was actually Michael J. Fox that played that guitar solo. Oh, I did not know that. And the crowd is silenced by his guitar solo, and he says, you know, maybe it's a little bit too early for you, but your kids are going to love it. Right, right. So now he has an exchange with uh, Lorraine and George. And she says, you know, hey, it's, you know, Marty's a really nice name. And what are you doing? Nothing. Are you, are you vaping? No. <laughs> and, and Marty says something to the effect of, yeah, you know, if you ever have a kid when he's eight years old and he burns the, the rug, go easy on him. It is such a shitty thing she does here. She dumps him mid-date. Sure. And yeah. That, that That's awful. But you know what? She says, I think I'm going to go home with George. But she's already experienced that, hey, I'm kissing you and it's not going well. And, and I think you know it's not going well. So she says, oh, I'm going to go with home with George. And he's like, eh, that's all right. You two crazy kids, you go have some fun. Yeah, I mean, she's already jerked him off, though. Yes. I mean, it, okay, so it, was that a a thing, a, a memorable enough thing to register on your radar? When you think of people historically, it's like, what? does your physical interaction with a woman have to have been for you to remember her? So are you asking the question, like, how do they not recognize Marty 30 years later? No, I'm asking Doug. (laughs) Oh, you're asking me. Yeah. Ask the question again. I'm sorry, I guess. So we've established that when he was in a coma, she okay. jerked him off, right? Okay. Well, we assume that, but we're, yeah. not, we're not for sure. Now, it, for you, for Doug. Okay. You know, you have, you know, kissed however many women. At mm-hmm. what what point does the physical interaction become enough that you actually remember who they are? I touch their boobs. Okay. So it's it's on them. It's not on you. Right. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. How about how about yourself? Um, I remember every woman I've ever talked to because it's like 30 women. Okay. So, you know, I'm, I'm pretty pure in any uh, sense. So. Sure. Sure you are. What is your most embarrassing public PDA thing? I suppose it would just be PDA thing. I don't know, man. I, I guess, like, something that happened to me or something that I can remember that, that I was like, ooh, I shouldn't have done that. 
Something that you can remember. I mean, mine, I think you were actually at, and mine is really, really fucking terrible. Well, I don't know what, remind me. Okay, so it was a, I think it was a basketball, it was either a basketball game or a football game where there was an away game and Kettle Moraine sent buses of fans to. So I'm thinking it was when Kettle Moraine was making their run to the state championship. Yeah, it was, we went to McQuanago. And on a bus, and I was in the back row with uh, Dorsey Levin's neighbor, just absolutely going to town on her. <laughs> okay, I, I, I may have been on that bus, but I don't remember that. It was bad. It was, it was not Matt's proudest moment. <laughs> uh, I remember coming back from church camp my junior year in a van that a mom was driving and just making out with this girl that I was dating for like two hours straight and, you know, feeling her boobs coming back from church camp. And I knew, know for a fact that the mom could see us. But I think she was a single mom and didn't have the strength to tell us to knock it off. <laughs> okay. That's actually probably worse than mine. Cause mine was yeah. just with kids. Okay. But, um, you know, Marty, it says the thing about, you know, if your kid ever sets a carpet on fire, mm-hmm. go easy on him. But he finally shows up to dock, and he's behind schedule. And Marty says that his dad never stood up to Biff. And this is another thing I never realized before, is there is a look of realization on Doc's face when Marty says this, that Doc realizes that the timeline is now skewed. Yeah, because he says, never? Yeah. Yeah. And Doc and Marty say their goodbyes, and Doc finds the letter that Marty wrote, and he's not happy about it. He tears it up. And then a tree branch falls and disconnects the cable from the clock tower that's running to the overhead thing that the wire from the DeLorean is supposed to catch. And it is kind of... That's not going to be good for anybody. (laughs) Right. Everything that could go wrong is going wrong. Doc has to go up to the clock tower uh, with a rope and attach it to the cable and he brings it on up and uh, connects it. But then Doc and Marty have this exchange. Stewie! What? I have to tell you about the future! What? I have to tell you about the future! On the night, I go back! Wait, wait, wait. No, 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 no. Hang on, Michael. I have to tell you about your future. Okay, so wrong. So that is wrong. terrible. I'm gonna top it in about three minutes. Okay, <laughs> but there are less than four minutes to go before the clock tower is to be hit by lightning, and Marty goes to his starting point, and he puts the pole in the flux capacitor. Yes, the the, the pole that catches to catch the the wire that's going across the street to catch the lightning. Exactly. And Marty is talking to himself. He's like, I wish I had more time. And and he realizes, hey, dumbass, you're in a time machine. Why would you only give yourself 10 minutes? Right. Why not 20 minutes, 25 minutes? But I guess he doesn't realize that the car is going to stall out when he gets back to Hill Valley. And then, you know, the car dies, which is the Mm -hmm. thing we talked about earlier. It's like, why would the car die? Because the battery for the car proper would be different than the Actually, thing the thing that powers the the time circuits, right? But Doc is still trying to connect the cable to the clock face, and the battery in the car is dead. And 
Doc is now hanging from the hands of the clock. And this is very reminiscent of some silent era films. Uh, with, um, oh, what's his name? Buster Keaton. Keaton. Yes. And Doc finally gets the other end. And Marty is sitting there and he cannot get the car to start. And it's doing the click, 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 click. And Until he slams his head on the steering wheel. Which does two things. It starts the car and it gives him Parkinson's. <laughs> that's that's the thing that's worse. There you go. Yeah, that's worse. <laughs> that's worse because you said it, and that's Stewie from that's Stewie Griffin. Okay, so Doc now, but now the cable at the bottom is undone, and Doc has to wind up the the cable around the the clock hand and and come down via Tarzan or however zipline do it. He zip ziplines down. Yes, and connects the cable. And Marty is racing, and right as Doc connects the cable, the lightning strikes, electricity goes through Doc, the car comes through, Kate, the, the hook hits the cable, and Marty is sent back to the future. And if you've ever seen the second one, which you have, yes, the way they recreate this scene is actually really, really good. Oh, yeah, absolutely. With is. Doc running down and going, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then and, here comes Marty running. Yeah, around the corner. Uh-huh. But do you know what movie was playing at the theater in 1955? Uh, no, I don't. The Atomic Kid. Okay. Do you know what movie was playing at the theater in 1985? Uh, some porno? Close. Actually, no movie. Oh, it was, it was Assembly, of, Assembly of God Church. Assembly of Christ, right. Yes. But the other theater... Is playing orgy American style. <laughs> okay, but Marty slides to a stop and he talks to the bum very briefly that is sleeping on the park bench. Why would he get out of the car? Why would know. he turn it off? I don't know. Out and, of shock, maybe. I suppose, but you know, it, it's a plot convenient. It's like plot armor, except you know, it's just it's done purely for plot. Right, and, well, as he's standing there, too, the, the Libyan terrorist van goes flying by. Yeah, as his car won't start, the Libyans blow by Marty. Sure. And he starts running towards the mall. Okay. And he runs to the mall. It is Lone Pine Mall. Lone Pine. Hey, how about that? Originally, in the beginning of the film, it was Twin Pines Mall. Sure. Now it is Lone Pine Mall. The difference is, after Marty went back in time and he drove off of Old Man Peabody's property, he mowed down one of the two pines that was next to his mailbox. Okay. And that is a fulfillment of Chekhov's gun. Sure. So now he sees Doc get shot and relives the the whole moment of the DeLorean being chased by the VW bus and going back in time, and the VW bus now crashes into that photo hut. But is that threat really eliminated? Yeah. Was it like some grand explosion? Do they die? Do the Libyans die? There was no grand explosion or anything. They just ran into the photo hut. But he goes up to Doc, and he's, oh, shit, I was too late. But Doc opens his eyes and rips open his Devo suit, and there he's wearing a bulletproof vest. Let me tell you something. A, that, that AK-47 shoots a 7.62 millimeter round pro- at that close range would probably penetrate that bulletproof vest. B, even if it didn't penetrate that bulletproof vest, Doc would be... Oh, he'd be in a world of hurt. Oh, he would have the wind knock the shit out of him. 
No, and you know that's that's why I have you on this podcast is for your you know your gun knowledge. Yes, yes, it's the only thing I'm good for. <laughs> Bad but, in answering your sex questions. <laughs> yeah, you couldn't teach me anything about sex. Uh, uh-huh. But Doc shows Marty the letter which he has taped back together. Yeah, and, and my thought is once Doc realized that the timeline was skewed, he said, "Fuck it, why not? It doesn't matter at this yeah. point." And Doc takes Marty home, and Doc says he's going 30 years into the future, and the car drives away. Hold on. There, yeah. Hold on. Marty says, oh, I'll be 47. Look me up. I'm 47. Do you think Do you think if, if 17-year-old me would come into, or if 17-year-old you or 18-year-old you would come 30 years in the future and take a look at your life? Would they be happy? Oh, God. So you eliminated the Doug's got a question for Matt and just throw it into the, the body of the podcast. I see how this works. <laughs> so 17-year-old, I don't know. 22-year-old, yes. Okay. And the reason I say that is, and you, you may not know this, is so you know, I graduated from college. And you graduate from college if you do that and you think you're going to change the world. And you think you're going to get a great job and you're going to make tons of money and you're going to do all these things. And, you know, reality in the real world kicked my ass for a couple of years after I graduated college. And, you know, I got to the point where it's like, I'm never going to own a house. I'm never going to have a wife. I'm never going to, you know, have somebody that can tie up. All these things that, you know, I'm fortunate enough to do now. And so 17-year-old, no, 22-year-old, me would be like, okay, you know, Matt, you, you've done okay. Mm-hmm. So I, I had, I had no grand illusion that I was going to be successful when I was younger. I had, because I had, I really had no goals. I had no guidance. I was just kind of living as a, as a kid. It was just kind of like, yeah, whatever comes, comes. I had no plan. So I think if even if seventeen year old me came and said, Oh, look at this guy, look where he's living, look what he's doing, you know, got a hot wife, couple of kids, cool dog. Yeah, I think I would be okay with that because I I did never thought in my wildest dreams that I would change the world. Now, I you know, I, I think we all change the world in our own right. You you influence people, just like the butterfly effect. Mm-hmm. You know, I take a look at, you know, what I do with my job and, and the interactions that I have with people and what I do with scouts and what I've done as a volunteer firefighter and volunteering at school. I, I feel like I've changed people's lives. I've made an impact. I'm not the president. I'm not a mayor or even a council person. But I feel like in my own right, I've done all right. So, so do you think, it. like, bugs have, like, this poster view that says, like, fuck this guy? Oh, you know what? You know, the fact that I've been doing this for, for 21 years, I mean, is is it possible that I've killed more organisms on this planet than anybody else? I don't know. That's, that's kind of one of those crazy, weird thoughts that rolls through my head. People that are in this industry aren't in this industry for 21 years, so... I'm a mass murderer, man. <laughs> no, I, I look at it as, you know, am I okay with what I've done, who I am, what I've accomplished? And I think I'm on the plus side of the ledger in that anything that I do from here on out is 
more than I ever thought I'd, I'd accomplish. And I think part of that is that life kicked my ass for a couple of years. And mm-hmm. I think that honestly, that is one of the best things that can happen to you as someone that's in their lower twenties is, is have, have the world beat your ass for a little bit because mm-hmm. it, it teaches you humility. And it also teaches you to appreciate when you do have things. And, you know, I, I make no illusions about the fact that I've gotten lucky. I've gotten lucky in a lot of ways. I've gotten lucky in certain jobs that I've gotten. I, I got lucky with the woman that I met and married. Oh, yeah. And, you know, these are things that, that could have spun a different way. And, and mm-hmm. they didn't. So, I mean, I think that I was very fortunate with the way that the ball bounced for me several times. Oh. And, you know, I, I've told Jen, it's like, you know, something happens to me. You know, I, I go on this trip next week. I get COVID, whatever. I, I'm okay. I'm good. I, I I did what I needed to do. I, I saw the end of the Skywalker saga, even though it sucked. It was, you know, I, I did what I needed to do. And everything now is like I am – I'm on the other side as far as what I, I felt I needed to accomplish. There are things that I would love to do that I haven't done yet. But I don't feel that if something happens where – you know, I, I get hit by a car tomorrow. I, I'm okay with that because I've done the things I need to do. See, I, I tell my missus that if something happens to me, to make sure that in November, right around Thanksgiving, you go down to the basement and this is where the three shutoffs are for the hoses because <laughs> you definitely do not want those to freeze. So those that's the one thing that you want to take care of if something happens to me. Oh, no. You see, you know, Jen... She's completely fucked if I die because <laughs> she doesn't understand how anything in this house works. Yeah. And you could bring in like a home automation expert and they'd look at this and they'd say, I have no under- I have no idea how this is actually set up. And yes. honestly, I don't understand how some of it works because some of it I set up like 10 years ago and it's on a system that's running. I don't know what it does. Uh-huh. It does something. Yeah. All right. We need to pivot back to this movie. Pivot. So. Right, so he, so Marty wakes up in the same position that he was in when Doc called him in the beginning of the movie, and he goes, "Oh, what a nightmare! Really? Do you really think that living for an entire week, thirty years prior, that your mind would say, "Wow, what a nightmare," or you would say, "Oh, I holy shit, I can't believe that that happened! Wow, that really happened." Well, haven't you had any nightmares where you woke up and you're just like? Was that real? Was that no, not real? You've no, never had that? No, it's, it's, I, I have, okay, so we're going to get a deep dive into Doug's psyche right now. Is, uh, my reoccurring nightmare is that my missus leaves me, or it's a, a, a dream that has happened 20 or 30 years ago when we were dating and that she's not with me. And every single time I wake up, my heart is racing. I reach my hand over and it's like, oh, thank the fucking Lord that that was just a dream. But I, I instantaneously realize it's a dream. And sometimes even in the dream, I realize it's a dream. And it's like, okay, this is just a dream. You're cool. I've, I've had the high school and the college, you're not going to graduate nightmare many, many times. Mm-hmm. Where in, you know, I... I graduated with 120 credits. You needed 120 credits. I basically, I graduated with exactly what I needed. I had nothing yep, yep. extra. And I, I've had those nightmares. And I've had nightmares where, you know, I wake up and it's like, I kind of look around, where am I? 
and I'm not in a, you know, a hovel. So I, I know that <laughs> my nightmare has not happened. Mm-hmm. So, but it is a thing where it's like you have that fraction of a second where it, it kind of scares the shit out of you. Sure. Sure it does. But all right. So, so something is different though. The, the furniture, first of all, is different. And his brother is wearing a suit. And the sister has tons of guys. Mm-hmm. And would, the, would they be? Would they still be living in the same house? That is the one problem with this. Is you'd think that, and I don't know if you notice this, but they the house that they live in is right underneath an electrical tower. Right. Where you you think if these are successful people, they're not going to be living there. They're going to be living somewhere else. Yeah, they're not going to be giving their kids brain cancer living underneath an electric, electrical wires like that. Too soon, Doug. Too soon. Uh-huh. But the mom and dad show up, and they were playing tennis, and the parents golf. look good. Golf. I think they are playing golf. I think it was tennis. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, housekeeping. Yeah, mom looks skinny. And she's sober. Yes. And he gooses her. George gooses her. Right. You ever goose the missus in front of the kids? No, no, she would not be happy with that. Really? Yeah. Okay, so that's that's another difference between you and I. Uh-huh. Um, but Lorraine knows that Marty and Jennifer are going up to the lake. Yeah. Put you to sleep here? Sorry, don't? sorry. <laughs> but Marty doesn't understand how that could possibly happen because the car is wrecked. And, and the brother brings up this. When the hell did this happen? <laughs> yeah. But he goes out there and, and there's the truck. The truck of his dreams is in the garage. But even before that, Biff is out waxing the BMW. In his green tracksuit. And after he comes, and actually Biff comes in with George's bo- box mm. of books, his sci-fi book that he's written. Once again, I am fucking George McFly. <laughs> Right, yes, you are. Because I've gotten that box of books delivered to my house. <laughs> but Marty has a truck. Not just a truck. He has that the truck. truck. Yes, the truck. And he is pumped about this. Above everything else, above the fact that his mom is sober, his dad is not a dork, his brother has a good job, his mother's getting, or his sister's getting plowed. The thing that he's most pumped about is the fact that he has this truck. Mm hmm. And Jennifer shows up. Right. And he says, you're a sight for sore eyes. And just like every other time that Marty goes to kiss Jennifer, something happens. Right. Doc shows up. And the whole ending of this movie is a gag. This was, as we talked about earlier, there was no plans for a sequel. The whole Mr. Fusion thing, the garbage for fuel, something has to be done about your kids. All of this was complete bullshit. Doc, are we assholes or something? (laughs) I love the pause he does there. And actually, he doesn't do the pause in this one. He does the pause in the second one. If you watch Back to the Future 1 and Back to the Future 2, when he says, what, do we become assholes or something? In the first one, he just immediately responds, no, there's something that has to be done about your kids. In the second one, he pauses for a second to give it that little bit of thought. Sure. But Doc backs up and Marty says, hey, you know, I don't think you're going to have enough speed or enough road to get up to 55 or 55, 88. Roads? Well, we're going. We don't need 
Rhodes. And immediately we go with this. They fly now. Yeah. Yes. And the movie is over. No, but did you know that there's an alternate ending to this movie? There's an alternate ending? Okay. Hey, Lorraine, whatever happened to that guy, Marty, from high school? Don't know. Never saw him after the prom. Really? Sure you didn't run into him, oh, say, about 16 years ago? George, what are you talking about? I'm talking about the fact that our son, who you insisted we name after that guy, Marty, looks exactly like him. You think I'm an idiot? That I wouldn't notice that our son is a dead ringer for the guy who fixed us up? Mom, Dad, I accidentally set fire to the living room rug. I am not going easy on him. <laughs> As he takes the belt off. <laughs> Surprisingly, one of very few Family Guy clips for this episode. Yes. So, what do you think? Like, like I said, this movie, seen it so many times, and watching it with a critical eye... Unlike, say, Rocky IV, it help. It not only does it hold up, it holds up really well. This is such a well-crafted film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about yourself? I loved it. It was great. It was fun to watch. We watched it a couple of months ago. We, we watched the entire trilogy over the course of three nights. Yeah, I know you um, complained about that, so. Yeah. Sorry, man. Uh, but it wasn't your fault. It was the beep boop 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 the randomizer. I liked it. It was. I enjoyed it. Um, I don't know anybody on the face of the planet that, has that hasn't seen it. seen it. Yeah. No, if there's somebody that hasn't seen it, I definitely would recommend it. Sure. Um, there's, there's no doubt to that. And before we move on to the the next thing and the last thoughts, it's like, I know you had said you'd hoped that you said what you hoped the next movie would be. And you said what you hoped the next movie would not be. What do you think I hoped the next movie would be or this movie Uh, wrath of Khan. you know i I am so tempted to put Khan into my queue but i have the next several films queued up and i am doing a thing that we'll discuss in just a minute where Khan doesn't work for that so do you have any last thoughts on the movie i do not It, it you know honestly we talked about it it's good it's hard to recommend it because everybody's seen it anyway. Right. This is a film where it's, you know, we've done family movie night a lot at home. I would have no qualms about it, not just because it's family friendly, but, you know, aside from the whole rape aspect, but it is a good film. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, okay, so I think it's time for... Watcha! 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 All right, so I, uh, on my suggestion on Netflix, this movie called The Outpost, which is a newer movie. I think it came out in July, and it's uh, about uh, an outpost in Afghanistan. It's a true story of a, an army unit that's there that gets attacked by insurgents, and it's it was okay. It, there were some directorial faux pas and some editing issues that happened. I mean, some very obvious bad editing issues but the action was good the combat was good there were some moments that were shocking um but because it was a, a true true story there were some things that they included in it that i was like i really didn't think that that was necessary but it was all right okay is that it no uh no taking turns here okay so i watched the season finale of season two of the boys brutal 
brutal. It, it is the thing I love about it is it basically was a big F you to the MCU. Yeah. And I appreciate that. And I love the Homelander part at the end. Uh-huh. That was great. And I also love the fact that the way that they've crafted Homelander is he's a bad guy, but he's a bad guy because of how he was raised. And you can see that he has this, I don't know if it's affection, but he has this thing for his son where he doesn't want to be the asshole that he is. He just is that asshole, which I think is really kind of interesting. And we watched um, season or season episode one of what was the show you recommended? Counterpart. Counterpart. And who is the guy that he plays the white Blackstone game with? Uh, like in real life or? Like... No, in, in, in the show. He, they show him in. What... Yeah. Yeah. I can't, I can't, I can't reveal that. Okay. You have, you have to watch. Okay, because that that we're only one episode in. And, okay. But one episode in, it is very interesting. And I love there's there's a subtlety to J.K. Simmons acting with how he's portraying like guy. Oh, yeah. One Alpha Alpha and Prime. Yeah, if okay. You watch, if if you watch the subtitles, one is referred to as Prime, the other one is referred to as Alpha. And a lot of it has to do with the shoulders. And it is, it is almost a master class in acting with. Well, the dro- and the droopy jowls also. Yeah, and there's also some things with how they portray him with the, um, the um, wrinkles on his forehead, uh-huh. especially when they're they're interacting with each other. And it, it is so awesome the way they do that, where you, you cut back and forth between the same exact actor, and you can tell who it is by looking at them without any other context around it. Sure. And I'm interested to see where it goes. I'm suspecting that I'm going to be let down because that's usually what happens is this stuff starts off really, really cool and then it turns to shit. So I'm curious to see where it goes. I finished the first season of that. You'll enjoy it. It's um, It kind of turns into a little bit of a mind fuck, um, but it's also sub- you have to watch closely because... It's there's so many characters that they introduce, um, and you have to start questioning. I'm like, okay, is the is are they in this world or are they in this world? Um, but it's good. I liked it, and I just started watching the first episode of the Right Stuff on Disney Plus. So they, you know, there's the, obviously the movie from the 1980s based on the Tom Wolf novel. This is taking a different approach of whether I think there's there you know there's a lot of creative um, <coughs> um, what's the word I'm looking for where they kind of deviate from the novel creative license yes with with the 1980s movie where I think there this is a 10 or 12 part series um, where they're kind of going to stick closer to the novel and so far it's okay I'm only like 15 minutes into it. You watch For All Mankind, right? Yeah. Now, I, I don't know if they're going to have a second season of that or not. I kind of doubt that they are. I thought they already did the second season, didn't they? Did they do two seasons or was it just one? I think it was just one. Oh, I'm thinking of the Star Trek. Yeah, Voyager, you're thinking right? of Discovery. Discovery, yeah. No, For For All Mankind was the alternate history where the Russians yes. landed on the moon first. Yeah. 
and you know, I, I think that that is a thing where I'd love to see where that goes. And you, you tie it to things like the, the Challenger documentary we both just watched and, you know, the right stuff. And I, I, I love that idea in counterpoint, counterpart, counterpart, sorry, is, is very similar where it is like an alternate reality, basically. And it, it's not unlike, uh, did you watch uh, Man in High Castle? No. I watched the first two episodes and I, I couldn't get into it. The end of it is so fucking terrible. Is it? And and that's the thing that bothers me about a lot of these shows is like they have such a great idea and and the, and it's the follow through that sucks. It's like Lost. Mm-hmm. Lost had four great seasons, one bad season, one really bad season, and one just absolute shit season. And that is the problem. Is it's it's that follow through and. That's why, you know, I, I'm always apprehensive about jumping into a series because, you know, with somebody with OCD, you have a commitment. I'm still trying to, you know, blast through Ted Lasso, which is not good. Okay. And everybody says how awesome it is. And, you know, spoiler alert, it is not. Okay. All right. Anything else? No. Okay. So now we've decided that we are going to retire um Doug's question for Matt because um, I convinced or Matt admitted to me that he would let a guy stand over him and take a big <laughs> dump in his mouth for a million dollars. So I, I think we've taken that segment pretty much as far as it can be taken. So now we're doing. Doug wants to know where Matt stands on this. Okay, kind of a question for Matt, but not really, because I'm going to be super involved in it as well. But Matt, where do you stand on shaving your balls? Oh, I do it. You do? Oh, yeah. Okay. So, let wait, me ask no, you. No, wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. L- let me. Hold on. <laughs> no. I, 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 I interpreted that question wrong. I apologize. Okay. I want to give my mea culpa there. Um, shaving your balls is one thing. A lot of times when people say shaving their balls, they are not talking about actually the ball or the sack shaving. They're talking about shaving or manscaping in general. Which are you referring to? Uh, manscaping in general. Okay. So yes, I do. <laughs> okay. So do you trim first and then go into the shower and use the razor? Or do you just, do you do it more on a regular basis that you don't have to trim? I see. You just clippers. Okay, so, I mean, uh, several years back, my missus got me, uh, you know, clippers for my ears and, and everything else. And there's an attachment on there that says, for sensitive areas. Yeah, that's for your balls and your dick. You, you, know, you might as well just say it in the little instruction manual. Uh, but, uh, yeah, no, it, it, sometimes I let it go a little too far. And I've got to get in there with the clippers and, and you know, hack down the uh, Amazon forest. And then I go into the shower and shave. Now, once you use that razor for your shaft and your balls, are you, are you done with that razor, or do you continue to use it? No, I, it, it's for my electric razor, so you, know, you oh, clean it off. Use an electric razor? Yeah. Really? Yep. Is it the kind that you can use in the shower? Yeah, and it's got like the interchangeable heads. 
Okay. So I haven't used an electric razor since high school. I've always been like a like I think we use the Mach three razor heads. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you ever like well actually since you're using a, a regular blade, you might not run into this, but have you ever like you know clipped it in where you know your sack is bleeding? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, I've done that. That sucks. Yeah. Because yeah. that area, that area tends to bleed a little bit more liberally than other areas. Yeah, I, I did this whole bit about how like trying to shave your balls is kind of like trying to shave in you know an apricot that has been in the sun for a couple days. <laughs> <laughs> you you got to kind of stretch it out and just yeah, it's it, it's not a perfect thing. Yeah, but what, I mean, once you clean that whole area up, you want to take it out for a test drive right away. <laughs> You know, and and I guess that's the worst thing. It's like, have you ever, you know, it's like, okay, I, I'm going to get blown tonight, so I'm going to I'm going to like shave shit up, and I'm going to uh-huh. get it all. I'm going to get the presentation right, and right. then and then for some reason it's like you know the the blowjobs out of the question, and you you just feel cheated. Uh huh. Now I get to go jerk off. No, it's like why what I and it, it just is like front of the show, Jerry. It's like I shave my balls for this. <laughs> right, right with his t-shirt. Yes. All right, that's it. That was that, that. That was it. Now it's time for a little listener reaction roundup. You actually said it right this time. I did, didn't I? Howdy, partners! Now it's time for listener reaction roundup. Yeehaw! All right, so we have a new friend of show. His name is Joey. Play. to like custard, good. Jam, good. Meat, good. <laughs> And he says, it looks like I have only seen nine of the 20 movies you guys have done, but so far, I've listened to five or six now. Really enjoyed Major League. I have my two best friends listening now, and uh, I mentioned that I felt like we are a little bit more unleashed because no more beeps on the F-bombs, and he says, yes, I dig it. Let it fly. I had a few few laugh-out-loud moments while cutting the grass listening today. And he also says that your intro music has been stuck in my head for a few days as well. Yeah, I can't take credit for that. I just picked it. <laughs> yeah, because it was free. And that's what I told him. I said, yeah, it was it was free. That's why we picked it. Um, and then we had uh, Wife of Show Jen. Oh, Doug. She says, glad to hear you missed hearing from me, Doug. Great show again, but a few too many f bombs. And to that, I I have to say, Jen, I am so fucking sorry. Fuck that. Yeah, I, I mean, if Fuck there's it. any if there's any fucking thing that I could possibly fucking do to make you fucking happy. Oh uh, fucking, don't worry about Doug. Fuck it. Yeah. All right. All right. She says we have a swear jar here, so I haven't heard Matt say that in many years. Matt, how disgusting you are. Ugh. And there are plenty of things you wouldn't do for one million dollars. Like hurt a dog, doggy. And that that was that was a missing point where it, that is something that's true. Yeah. Yes, yeah, a guy can break in my mouth. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> hurt a dog? No, not gonna happen. Yeah. yeah, and she says, "Love you both, wife of Show Jen." I love how she says, "Love you both." I kind of feel like she's coming more toward, like she's falling more for me, and you're kind of getting set to the wayside. So I, 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 I highly suspect that in her next message, she'll just be like, "Love you, Doug." <laughs> sorry sorry a little something caught my throat there uh-huh yeah all right that's all i got you got anything no i nobody reached out to me i, I got nothing. i do however want to talk about how i'm i'm really surprised it's like we have chris 
we have Scott, we have TJ, we have Tracy. <laughs> I mean, all these people that have kind of dropped off the face of the earth as far as feedback. It's like, what's up? Well, Chris, I, I think Chris only probably listened to the first couple of episodes. Scott still listens. I know TJ listens, although I don't think Scott is as caught up as as TJ. I know Ricky listens on a regular basis. So who who does? Ricky. You mean friend of show Ricky? Yes. I had to pull that, you know. <laughs> all right. Yeah. But that's all I got. So I guess it's time for next week's movie. We're glad you were here. You know what? Actually, before we get into that. Um, okay. I have a couple things I want to do. So number one, I am changing up how I'm editing this podcast. And I am basically doing live to tape. And what I mean by that is when we have to take a break for need to get a beer, need to take a piss, whatever, I will cut that section out. Other than that, I am letting the podcast just breathe, be what it is. Even it, when I say even when I say you're gonna edit that out, right? No, I've written those down. Okay. So I mean there's literally I think three different points tonight, so that's it. And it'll take my podcast editing time down from four hours to thirty minutes. Well, so, I really feel like that our ums and uhs and and verbal faux pas have almost vanished. Yeah, I actually stopped doing that part of it um, recently. So, okay. I mean, I haven't been doing that except when it's been really obvious where there's a huge, like, drop of, of time where there's nothing being said. In addition to that, from some sound of the week on my side, I've closed the door on doing that piece. Okay, good. Because it got a little old. <laughs> yeah, Jen said, yeah, it's enough already. Uh-huh. Let, it, let, it, let it go. Let it go. Uh, beyond that, let's see if there's anything else. No, I, I think that's probably just about it. So now we can go into. We're glad you were here. Our time is almost done. It's time to say goodbye. It was super fun. But now we're going to talk about something super groovy. We're going to talk three degrees of next week's movie. And I think I'm going to change that theme song. All right, so Leah Thompson played Lorraine McFly in Back oh, to oh, the Future. Oh, stop, stop, oh, stop, ooh, stop, ooh, stop. Ooh, stop. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, right. little, little Horshack here. I'm uh-huh. sorry, I totally forgot. Let me scroll, 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 scroll. This was supposed to be in podcasting, or podcasting, <gasps> podcast housekeeping. This okay. Is, this is my bad. Oh, wow, um, you're way behind. Yeah. In Red Dawn, Charlie Sheen played Matt. In Red Dawn... Leah Thompson played Erica. Oh, I forgot the fucking first thing. In Major League, Charlie Sheen played Rick Vaughn. In Red Dawn, Charlie Sheen played Matt. In Red Dawn, played in Red Dawn, Leah Thompson played Erica. In, in Back to the Future, Thompson played Lorraine. That was the connection from last week to this week. Okay, all right. So, can I? Can I? Can I? Yeah, go you, can, you go ahead. Oh. All right. So Leah Thompson played Lorraine McFly in Back to the Future. She played Lisa in 1983's All the Right Moves. That's where she showed her boobs. And Tom Cruise showed his penis. Did he? Yeah. Okay. Well, in All the Right Moves, Tom Cruise played Stefan. Tom Cruise plays Steve Randall in this 1983 movie. It's a movie you have not seen. It also stars C. Thomas Howell, Matt Dillon, Ralph Macchio. Oh, Jesus. You changed it up, man. You said you were going to do Revenge of the Nerds next. Ah, I tricked you. And Patrick Swayze. 
Oh God, Patrick Swayze. Guess who's back? Back again. Swayze's back. Tell a friend. Yes, we are the outsiders. The outsiders. So, I actually have two things here. Number one, I have a theme that I'm going to go forward with for this season. And I will ask you every week if you have figured out what the theme is. For is, it every... is it low-hanging fruit? It should be. Okay, because I'll tell you what. I was an RCH away from doing Empire Strikes Back. And I thought to myself, oh, God, that's going to be a lot of work. Because <laughs> <laughs> it really is. That's that. I mean... There's a lot of note taking and a lot of research and a lot of pulling clips for Empire Strikes Back. Have you have you read the the coffee table book for Empire have, Strikes Back? I've got all three of them. I'm staring at all three of them right now as we speak. They're awesome. Oh yeah, they are. Yes, those are some deep dives. Yeah. No. Yeah. Totally. So I have a theme for this season, if you will. And okay. that's actually a question I wanted to ask of you is, so we've done 10, 10 plus one. So now we are into season three. First of all, I need a new headshot from you for okay. the season three logo. Uh, and then do we want to move from the the 10 episode thing or do we want to stick with it? It's fine either way. I'm fine with it. Okay. So I... So, oh, the outsiders. Jen is, yeah, she's gonna. I'm not gonna say anything because she'd make me cut it anyway. But it, you know, it's it's a song clip I played before, okay, from, from Archer about the outsiders. It, yeah, so there's some <laughs> there's some moments in in outsiders that stuck with me as a kid, big time. So say golden I, pony boy. Yeah, say golden. So want me to take us out? Yeah. Hey, hey everybody. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs> if you it, it, you know, we are a very unique podcast and we're not for everybody but we're for a lot of people. And if you've got a friend and you say, "Hey, you want something good for your ears? Do you really want something fucking awesome for your ears? Have I got something for you?" Betamax rewind with Matt and Doug. Tell a friend. Give us five stars on iTunes. Leave a review. But really, tell a friend. You know, because we're not doing this for money. We're never going to make one red cent off of it. We're just doing it for, you know, because we enjoy talking and entertaining people. And, um, yeah, that's all I got. Thanks for listening. We appreciate all of you. Yep. Thanks a lot. We'll talk to you next week. See ya. See ya.